by the way, Doctor, is mystery your sole pleasure? Young man, what could be more pleasant than mystery? Well, music, for instance. Music, why, of course. Music, for instance. Music, why, of course. on top of the world. Yes. Yes. One, two, one, two. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Creative Contact. I'm your host, Kia Orion. Thank you for joining me. You could be anywhere in the world and you're here with me. I appreciate that. I know we're going to have a lot of first-time listeners uh, this week because my guest is the one and only Zeke Burst as well as his writing partner, uh, creative partner in crime, and manager, Paralee Knight. And so it was my first podcast that I've ever done with two different people, and I I was so stoked that uh, Paralee came as well, because I think she adds a, a lot of behind-the-scenes elements to what goes into making a, you know a good artist. A lot of times you might see an artist, but not realize that there's actually a whole team or one or two or whomever, how many people there are behind them that really also help elevate them to the next level. So it was awesome to get Zeke's perspective as the artist and then Paralee's as the writer and the manager and all of that. I hope you enjoy this conversation. It goes all over the place from Zeke's come up to traveling the country to traveling the world. We talk about what makes a good manager, what to look for if you're a manager and you are a, a writer and you want to work with an artist. We talk about the, the perseverance that it takes in this day and age. We talk about social media tips everything. So I hope that you dig it. If it's your first time, check out some other episodes. If you're a reoccurring uh, listener, thank you again for rocking with the boy. As always, it's Kia Orion. All the information that we talk about in the show is in the show notes. Click it, connect with them. They're playing right now, South by Southwest in Austin. Check them out. Thank you so much again. Peace. A lot of the folks that listen to the podcast, thank you for tuning in again. Um, it, it's not just about music; it's sort sure. of creatives, entrepreneurs in general. But um, well, I want to jump into the backstory, but just give people a little bit of an overview as sort of uh, who you are and what you do now. Sure. Uh, so my name is Zeke Burst. Um, I am an artist, I, overall creator. I, I can imagine. I would say, but um, like mostly a singer, writer, producer. Um, yeah, an artist, performing artist. Okay, cool. Full time. Full time, as of uh, three weeks ago. That's the dream. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Very cool. I'm stoked yeah, to yeah, get yeah. that story. It's pretty exciting. Um, a little uh, unnerving at times. I, as oh, of, as recently, what two nights ago, I think <laughs> I told my <laughs> I told my attorney, I was like, yeah, I'm full time artist, and I took out my 401k plan, and she started choking. <laughs> Like, literally started choking. <laughs> um, so I was just like, uh, I'm looking at Paralee like, oh, did I say something wrong? Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I'm, not, I'm not afraid. I've never been afraid of challenge. And I've always been one to, um, I still, I, I, I calculated it quite a bit. So I, I'm one to take some uncalculated risk mm-hmm. and some calculated risk. I, I liken this one to be, in my opinion, a calculated risk. Right. Um, but I'm, I've never been afraid of risk. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. And I think that's been my... Um, my mojo, if you will, yeah. to kind of keep me going and being like, yo, what happens, happens, and it's going to be great. 
<laughs> you know? That the mindset, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's a huge part of it. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, to answer your question, just to, I'm an artist, a creator, man, and I try not to put a limit on where that stops or starts. Yeah. Um, but as of right now, it's been predominantly in music and creating, uh, writing, producing, and performing. Okay, cool. Um, and so to take it back a little bit from what I did see, read, hear, sure, sure. Uh, was you were growing up, you're kind of from a couple different places. Like I saw Arkansas, sure. Illinois. Sure, sure. Do you mind kind of um, diving into the backstory yeah, a little bit as absolutely. far as were you born and bred and, yeah, and that, the um, superhero <laughs> origin, origin joint? Well, um, I, I'm originally from a small town in Illinois called Kankakee. Oh, wow. Right, K-A-N-K-A-K-E-E, right? Very small town. Um, so I grew up there. I grew up in the church. I'm a, I'm a preacher's kid. My mom's a missionary. My dad's a, an elder or a minister. Oh, wow. Right? Um, so I grew up in the church. I uh, ended up moving to Arkansas, Pine Bluff, Arkansas, and I lived there. I went there for college, uh, and then I lived there a little bit shortly after that. Um, did that for a while, and then I eventually kind of moved around a little bit as well. I lived in Long Beach for a little bit. Then I lived in Ohio for a little bit, and then I moved to Philly. <laughs> Philly. And oh, wow. that's been my... Um, current resigning location so so take me back to the small town yeah, illinois yeah. life so sure. um and is your birth name zeke burst or is that your artist name oh uh, we'll rock with zeke we'll rock with zeke all we'll right so zeke. zeke we'll rock with zeke <laughs> so young z is growing up in a small town sure. in illinois and for folks myself included that don't have a concept of what that um town is like like give me a ballpark maybe of population or what what are the people like what's it sure was it like there? So I think the last time I went uh, back to Kankakee, I think I read the sign. It said uh, 32 or 58,000. Oh, wow. So, yeah. Um, so I guess relatively small, depending on where you're from. Uh, so, yeah, it's a small, small location. And kind of growing up there, I did track and field. Um, music has always been the constant in my life. Okay. Right? So um, I was definitely the kid that, if it wasn't a track meet or I had a reason to be outside, I was never outside. Oh, so really? I was always inside oh, doing wow. something creative, working on music or something. From the jump? From the jump, though. From oh, the jump. Wow. Um, as a kid, like I said, I grew up in church. My mom and my dad oftentimes instilled different things like, uh, you know, practicing or rehearsing and singing. And I've never had professional vocal lessons or professional oh, wow. music lessons my dad just played a lot of fucking instruments so that's crazy <laughs> he would teach us different things and we would just kind of pick up on it. my mom taught us how to harmonize and how to sing and how to belt as they call it in today's yeah. world just different things um and then i learned a lot of stuff um okay so growing up probably up to like the age 11 or 12 we were only allowed to listen to gospel music nothing else just gospel and um wow. believe it or not it's, it was still at the time quite versatile um you still had uh, people like andre crouch who had very very elaborate production and um vocal compositions and just like it wasn't just like ordinary that mm. those those bodies of work in my opinion are still extraordinary to this day um so you still had like a variety of things but it was just gospel and maybe once i got 11 or 12 which is right around the time i also started writing music uh, they allowed us to listen to just gospel and Ella Fitzgerald, oh, wow. literally, or jazz, if you will. But I, I migrated more towards Ella Fitzgerald. And that was, to me, like one of the greatest gifts <laughs> on the face of the earth. No, you just because, something different. Dude, yeah. yeah. Not only, yes, that and it, 
it allowed me. It was like uh, opening. Uh, I should put my phone on vibrate. Sorry. No, absolutely. <laughs> and also, just as a disclaimer, too, if you're like, I have the bladder of a five year old, too. So if you're like, yo, I need a pee break, seriously, Dude, it's not yes. live. You let me know. It's <laughs> I all can good. Dig it. <laughs> I, get, I love this shirt, by the way. Fantasia uh, shirt. Yo, thank that. you. I love the musical. Yeah, Dude, do. it's amazing. Man, I need to hang out with you guys more. You're making yeah, me, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, my right, head's through yeah. the roof right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's odd, though. I love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it was, it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. So let me yeah. ask you this. So right, mom and dad say, "Z, you yeah. need to listen to the gospel with the homies." Are you bumping, you know, Raekwon and Wu Tang, or or nah, is it something where you. you're, you're sti- <laughs> on the, in the low? You're doing it, or are you still, you know, you pretty gospel. But my my nickname, my mom gave me a nickname. She would it, it went from 99 and a half. That's literally what she used to call me. 99 and a half to old man, and that was because I took my time and I always had this old soul oh, kind cool. of thing. So. I, I say that to say, to answer your question, growing up, I would, yeah, I'd be on the bus or, or something like that, I, and, you know, CDs you're exposed or the to, thing yeah, and, to you know, take other thing gospel. Yeah. yeah. But I wouldn't listen to anything that was my age. I would ask my friends, like, yo, can you give me, like, some... You're one of those dudes. <laughs> yeah. you okay. some Marvin Gaye, you know, or some things like that, or, you know, Etta James or, you know, Aretha Franklin. Yeah. Some of those things that really, like, in my opinion, and I love all music i have no no discrimination whatsoever i i have some pretty cool songs that i think some people would never think i listen to it yeah. i love them at the time i migrated towards those um i don't know because they gave me a, a certain feel you know what i mean they gave me a certain energy and i loved it oh, so i think that's interesting because i feel like there is a certain type of person that that appreciates sort of timeless music no matter sure, what generation sure, they're in sure. what do you think it was at that young age that drew you to that compared to um you know whatever was popping at the time yeah i think uh, i think a lot of things uh, and this is just some of the things i've read about how they from the from the way they, they recorded the records back in the day to the way they came up with the concepts to the way they approached it in the studio it was totally different. And again, it's not to knock modern technology of today because I definitely use it. And I love it. You know what I mean? Um, and I'm, I'm grateful for the time and the era that I was brought into or born into, if you will. Um, but I think there's just, it's, I, don't, I don't know, how to, it's an energy. It's an energy from it, and back then they, you had to be great, because you, you, you had, had to get in that take right. exactly. So, so you we had to be great. Nails. So if you're the tambourine player, you got to play the fucking tambourine <laughs> yes. right, because everybody else is gonna be pissed at you. Yeah, that you fucked up the take. You're right, <laughs> right. right. That tambourine yeah, player at some point. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and then at the end of the time, it's at the end of the day too. It's, again, it's an energy, and we've kind of run into that even in today's time. Whereas um, I love our album, but some of the demos that we had when we recorded them, they didn't come out quality-wise. Uh, top notch, but the feel and the original inception and the conception of the idea was there. And again, it's not to say that it wasn't there in the final take, because a lot of them, as you can hear, we, we released them. Um, but some of the demos still has that original feel, and that's the thing I'm really, really gun ho about trying to always hold on to. You know what I mean? I think, again, it's beautiful to be able to retake a verse. It's beautiful to re- retake drums or anything like that, but if you can really get into uh, a position towards you and the band and again apparently it's definitely huge 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 when it comes to like phrasing or writing and production as well too um she's I, I would say she's half of what you hear me and then her you know what i mean so she is very very intricate uh in start to finish of everything you hear from Zeke Grace. So it's it's yeah i know and oftentimes people have that same reaction yeah. like what uh, what wait <laughs> 
Yeah. Okay. So wait. So could you introduce introduce yourself too? So you know at least the other half. I, I didn't realize that. That's cool. You're kind of manager slash. You're like the Dr. Dre kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So my name is Paralee Knight, and I am blessed and honored to work with the incredible Zeke Burst. <laughs> and how did you two meet? Um, so interestingly enough, so currently I, I do work with Zeke a lot in his business aspect of his business, but the way that we met was creator to creator. Oh. And so I was working with the producer out of South Jersey. Mm. And at the time, um, he was starting to work with another songwriter out of California. And so he and I worked a lot together, but as he spent more and more time working with that person, he was kind of telling me like, oh, maybe you should, you know, kind of talk to some more people that are in the area as he was starting to get busy on the West Coast. Mm. And so he was like, there's this kid, you got to hear him. His voice is incredible. You got to hear him. And I was just like, oh. Know, whatever. whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he's times. like, he's like, yeah. he's over in Philly. I'm so you're sending me over to Philly with this guy <laughs> that I've never met before. He's like, trust me, he's the nicest guy. Just go meet him. I went over. We linked the very first day that we met each other. We wrote a song in two hours. Oh wow! So our creative chemistry from the beginning was just. On. So you came at it not even just from a business aspect, but no, also that from that was never the intention. Oh really? You <laughs> no. came at from a creative? It was just, it was just writer to artist. And so were you, just from my own background, were you writing at the time? Were you singing? Mm-hmm. What, was, what was your sort of... So I was, I was writing with a lot of different artists in the gotcha. area, artists and producers in the area. And so it just happened to be that one of the producers I was working with happened to have heard him. I think, they, I think he was trying to get music to him and his ah. team at the time. And so since he knew that I was a writer, he was like, I think you're a great writer. You should probably link with this new kid in the area oh. and see if it meshes well. That's gotcha. how it started. So you slide in the DM. You say, you say hey, Z, I'm a writer. Let's... <laughs> Let's 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 do something. I feel like that's it's always a strange thing. I don't know if like, it was a DM thing. I think it, I, his management at the time. I think the 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 producer connected me with his management at the time, oh. and so that's how we started to, to oh, write. Oh, cool! Because you know, as someone as a creator myself, I always find that interesting. How because it's music can be such a collaborative thing mm-hmm. that but it, there. The struggle of the band or of the duo is always, you know, how do you, especially off first meeting someone too, like there's so much ego, there's so much control that, that you have to learn how to let go. And I'm saying I'm not great. You know, yeah. I find that a struggle too. If someone said, hey, I want to write for you, I'd say, hold up. Wait a minute. Like, hold up. So, so how do you guys in that first meeting when you write the song, how do you go from meeting to creating right away I, I think it was really interesting when we and you're right there's a lot of the times ego can get in the way I think yeah. the great thing about Zeke is that as talented as he is he's such a humble spirit mm. and that goes a long way when it comes to collaborating 100%. you don't always come across that when it comes to especially artists art, I was going to say especially, <laughs> especially with artists, artists. And, and that are really talented yeah exactly <laughs> you know? um, and so I think that that played a big role in it but I think also from, from the standpoint of me working with a lot of artists before him I learned that really quickly uh. that when you do work with personalities like that, you have to work around it. So before I even met him, he doesn't even know, before I even met him, I came in with a mindset that I knew that I'm going to have to be a little bit fluid in working mm. with a person. You can't just be that you want your way all exactly. the time. Exactly. But it was, it was not what I expected. Yeah. And so we came in, we talked about some things. You meet at the studio or something? And then you no, started... It was at his previous management's apartment. It was in the house. Oh, and, and you just started playing the guitar or something? Or we, had a few we had a track from, from the producer that, that linked Aha. us. It was the producer that linked us. We had that track. Oh, wow. And so That's... we just talked about experiences. Yeah crazy and it kind of came together i will say like and, and it's become it's still to this day um we have multiple formats in which we work like sometimes it'll we'll start with the production now now we're like i said now that we're doing the production ourselves yeah. as well too we'll start with maybe a rhythm or a beat or maybe a i don't know melody on the guitar or the keyboard or something like that or piano um but i will say without fail um and i've never had this experience outside of Paralee. um and, I, and even if she wasn't here i'd say the same thing but 
cover your ears. There's a thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> cover your ears. There's this thing where, like, even if I can't find the words to say, like, I'll just hum a melody, right? And she'll be like, okay. She'll say, do it again. And it's almost as if she can interpret exactly mm. not only what I'm feeling, but what I'm saying through it. And I, again, I've never had that experience with any other writer. You know, and I've worked with a few, um, but I've never had the experience with any other writer. So it's yeah. just like, yes, this works. That's it's just like a no-brainer, dude. It's like so a no-brainer. that's fascinating because mm. then it can also become an interesting relationship when it transforms past the creative and then you also do business sure. together. Now. So sure. how did that form? <laughs> oh, yeah. <I'm> <laughs> yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, at the time, when we were working there, Zeke had another whole team. It was a team that we, we respect the work and everything that, they, that they've done with him as an artist. And so at the time, I'm the type of person, if I see something, I always try to make whatever situation I am in better. Yeah. So whether it be a writer, whether it be in business, whatever. If I'm there, I'm trying to make the situation better. So at the time, with that team, I just started kind of jumping in and kind of doing things when help was needed. Mm. And then to fast forward a little bit later on, when him and his previous team decided to separate, go different ways. Zeke is now in Philly. He doesn't have a support system. There's nobody else in Philly. His family is miles away. And so at the time, since we'd already been working together creatively, I had a vested interest because my music now is connected with him. Right. So I had a vested interest in seeing him still succeed, even though he was kind of going solo at the time. And so it just turned into as a friend, helping a friend. That's dope. And then it just went more into, okay, so if we're going to work together, we need to probably do it more legitimately. And that's kind of how I became a Because I was actually in denial. I didn't want to be a manager. Yeah, because it's, it's a whole... <laughs> it's a lot of I've interviewed just managers before, and that's a total... There's no it's book another, where it says, this is how you do it. It's yeah. a totally different ballgame. It's game. another whole thing. And it's interesting, because in the beginning, you were talking about the kind of sharing of power when it comes to writing. Yes. We've never really had that issue you may not always agree on a concept when you're writing but we've always really gotten through the writing thing very easily but to be completely transparent when it comes to business that's another whole whole nother animal exactly that has really tested our friendship in a different way than it did with writing because writing just i think just came really it was more like a spiritual type thing actually which is weird a connectivity that we just had business Uh, is a lot different it is especially because because there is always that that power dynamic uh, you know which is interesting to balance yeah yeah it's just like you you want to definitely respect the other person you know um but you also want of course like when it comes to business part you want your opinion to be heard and you also want that person to be so it's it's like it's difficult at times it can it'll ruffle feathers but i think oftentimes it's the uncomfortable conversations that you have to have mm-hmm. that allow you to either move forward or be like you know fuck yeah. it we can't do this anymore and you sometimes I mean? it takes that good friend Absolutely. or that manager to yeah, check yeah. to be able to yeah. to, to, to check to, the to check the chick shout out you they, man because yes. that's what, and it's true <laughs> it, keeps you, it keeps you level it keeps you yeah uh, yeah yeah and to that's know true. that it's that they're <laughs> honest enough that that it's not going to bruise your ego to say listen this because yeah, i love you that i'm yeah, keeping yeah, around yeah, you know yeah, yeah yeah it's so true that is such a i think that's such a true statement and it's I think it's one of those things that you really do understand, but when you're in it, it's a little bit difficult. You know what I mean? Easier said than in my, myself. A hundred. I'm uh, saying this now, and there's so much, so much. I was like, wait, what are you talking about? Yeah, you know? So exactly, I feel, exactly. I, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that, so and I, I want to get to that too, but just to take it back sure. um, to m- moving through the story a little bit with the music. So, because I'm always interested in how people kind of stumble upon music how it starts, but it sounds sure, like sure. it was around you from from the beginning. Well, so. Sure. Um, you're doing the 99 and a half. You're getting influences from 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 the greats. Sure. Um, you're moving through through school and stuff like that. When you are a young man in high school, mm. uh, when you're starting to kind of get towards the end of high school, 
you said you were doing track? You were yeah, I was track. doing track and field. So how, so for a lot of young men, I've also been working in a lot of high schools with okay. young men. And yeah. there's, there does seem to be a split between those that want to do music and ones that want to do sports. Sure. And if you are gifted athletically, where's your mindset at? You know, when you're getting closer to the ladder into high school, are you mm. thinking... Music, I'm in at 110%. Or mom and dad saying, Z, go to college. Are you still <laughs> trying to be Odell Beckham? Like, what's, Dude. where's your so, headspace um, at? I ran track, and I, I, was, I was pretty good at it. But um, I knew, I knew since I was 11 or 12 from re- recording in the basement on the dual cassette karaoke. <laughs> that was it. I was not doing sports. Okay, you know right. what I mean? And it's again, just a fun thing. It, yeah. w- it was fun. I mean, my parents ran track and fi- did track and field, I should say. Um, so it was it was kind of a thing, um, but in my in my family on both sides actually, you know, every family has like a family heirloom. So you have the family heirloom literally was music. It was literally music. That's there was dope. they had everything from quartet groups, or I should probably say, octet groups because there was like eight of them. Dang, <laughs> in the group sometimes. But then they're also like on my dad's side, they're like full bands, like all musicians. And on my mom's side, of course, they have musicians as well, but a lot of singers. So these are things. And growing up as kids, we would just sit literally at their feet and hear them like oh, work out harmonies. And that's amazing. So that that was the thing. So yeah, I mean, track and field was cool. It kept me active. It kept me. Um, I guess in a way outside, my dad would always say, like, if I came down with the slightest cold, he's like, because you don't go outside, <laughs> yeah. you know, go outside, do something. Yeah. I was like, no, I'm all right. I'm going to stay yeah, in here I'm and work on, this, work on this music. Um, but yeah, man, it, and I think my parents definitely saw that early on. And like I said, they bought me, um, which is the gift I, to this day, I regret ever loaning it to someone because mm. I never got it back. Um but it started out as a, my, my parents bought me um, a dual cassette. It was a white, a dual cassette karaoke player, right? Never well, saying karaoke. Thing back yeah. In, yeah. Yeah. And the funny thing is like my parents, again, they gave us what they could give. Um, and they didn't have a whole lot, but we, and we understood that, but we never went without, honestly, dude, we never went without. And even if there was probably a time that we would have went without, I think, I know for a fact my parents went without instead of us doing it. And, yeah. and to this day, I'm grateful to say like that they're still together, which I think is a huge blessing. And still in love as if they fell in love yesterday. Like That's It's so rare. It's beautiful. It is, dude. Man. Um, but they, they, I think they saw the music part of it really early on. And uh, they, the first thing they bought, I said, was the uh, karaoke thing. And they didn't buy me a mic. <laughs> Right. So my dad had um, or maybe they did buy Mike and I broke it. Something else. Some, anyway, my dad had speakers in the basement. And um, this is the first time I knew. I didn't realize until much later, maybe like two or three years later of what I, exactly I was doing. But he had a speaker. And because I didn't have a mic, I would just plug. I don't know what got into me to think about. It. I plugged the speaker into the microphone jack and I would sing into the speaker. And then I had a microphone all over again. And oh, I would record some things. So I'd start off maybe on the left side. I'd record the background and I flip the tapes and then I record the second part of the background. Because you get like 10 seconds yeah, or something. Dude. You don't get much. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, you're, and you're like doing this. On, at this point now I'm doing overdubs and stacks of background harmonies. And then I'll record the lead uh. vocal. And I would play these tapes out so much. Sometimes the tape would snap. snap. So then I would pull the tape out and I would try to snip it to cut tape <laughs> and get some clear tape and wrap it around and then connect it. So you might have a little bit of the song missing, but the whole, the, the bulk of it was there. So I'm cutting tape at like 11, 12 years old, not really knowing not what I'm knowing doing. Not even knowing what's going on. Not even yeah. knowing. Um, but I had a lot of things around the time, like my brother, I love him, Steven Burst. He actually, <laughs> Shout sings, out Steve. yeah. he actually sings with me uh, in my band, but he, would, he was another person, I think, early on that kept me like, 
humble. And he says he never says this, but he would tell me. I'd be like, I was so excited about my songs. I'm like, Stephen, come listen to this. Come listen to this. And I would play it for him. He would be like, sounds good, but it doesn't make sense. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, it does. Because it's like, yeah, no, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> but it really kept me on my toes. Like, all right, like. He was the person I had to prove at yes. that time. Like, this is awesome. This older is, bro? Yeah, older brother, of, of, course, course, of course. Yeah, of course. Of course. You gotta, yeah. Right, right. Wait, and so but are yeah. you at 11, are you singing, a, is it this like at school girls or is this like like, Dude, oh, like I, you're singing Ella Fitzgerald stuff that you heard? I mean, I sang a lot. A lot of people knew, again, my mom, a lot of people knew about my mom from the city because she sang at a lot of church events or sometimes weddings, sometimes funerals and just all church events. People would have her come out. So she was, I guess, if you will, like a local celebrity for sure. Um, mom was? Yeah. Oh, and still cool. to this day, I really think Shout she has mom. the great, yes, Viola Burst. She's actually on the album. She's on my album, um, the song Bottom That's of the Sea. Dope. Um, it's, it's, it's indic- that song is indicative of, it's like a back and forth story between myself and my inner spirituality and different things going on in life. And then my mom is like the voice of reason, just saying heaven knows. So yeah, if you get a chance to listen to the album, Bottom of the Sea, that's, that's definitely cool. my verse. Wow, because yeah, I, you know, when I was doing research, I was going through a few sure. tracks. I didn't even realize that um, that's really cool because uh, to ha- first of all, have that relationship with your mom yeah, yeah. and then to also that she's as passionate about music and stuff oh, like yeah. that too, oh, yeah. to be willing Absolutely. To, Absolutely. to work with. And, that's a that's a huge aspect of it is that it sounds like they were really willing not only to just let you rock but also to support you absolutely because even if you just have mom and dad in your corner sure sometimes that's where you go you know as a a kid i I feel very blessed too i got no offense to your mom and dad but i got the coolest mom and dad that um yeah yeah. (laughs) arguably (laughs) is that i then feel like the world's mine man like just because so I so often with artists, it takes them a long time to try to do anything creative yeah, because yeah. mom and dad are sort of stuck in this old sure, way of thinking. Sure. So the fact that when you're then growing up, now you're in high school, you're starting to become your own self, your own sure. person. Are they saying, you know what, Z, you've got it. Go go try this on your own. How how when you break to mom and dad, you're <laughs> doing your own thing. What? Uh, not quite. I think I think one thing that they've often like as you said, they definitely supported our dreams. They always would tell us to go. You know. Um, as far as we could and be, you know, passionate about what we really believe we could do. Um, but on the flip side of it, just as any other parent would, they wanted what was best for us and they wanted us to do better Security, than them. Security, yeah, I mean? exactly. So my parents were uh, very much so for college in our household. They weren't like, um, you're going to college like a mandate, but they were quite saying like, yeah, you know, <laughs> consider college, consider college. And I knew, I knew, okay, that I was not college material i didn't care about college i didn't give two shits about college because i knew like what i really wanted to do and still to this day it's always been that thing which is music so yeah i mean honestly i i went to college i went for nursing actually also in high school i had a cna i was working as a cna so i got my cna license like my junior year in high school so from junior into high school i was a certified, certified nurse's assistant, if you will. Um, so you're in there, like, holding tubes in the scalpel and type of stuff? Well, I mean, or not, like, not to that. It's yeah. more like wiping up shit. Oh, oh they say, <laughs> okay, we got yeah, this guy. Kind of he, you yeah, do all the yeah, stuff yeah. you don't want to do. But I, did, I definitely have. And another thing that's consistent to this day is I've always had a passion for uh, the elderly as well as children, or just humanity as a whole. So it, it really wasn't as gruesome as it sounds when you say, like, wiping up shit. It was just literally helping someone else that needed help. Because um, I pray that we all get to the point to where we, you know, need some sort of assistance as well, too. Um, 
but yeah, so I, I did that. So I was like, you know, maybe I'll go for nursing again. I knew I was not nursing material. I knew it, dude. But, but just I to went, make mom happy. Yeah, yeah, you know, make my folks happy. So I did it. And I went to college, and I think I got as far as a sophomore. And I won't even say how long I was there as a sophomore. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Um, and it, I'm going to be honest, dude. I would go to college. This is probably bad advice. Don't do this, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. But I would go to college just to get my refund check so I can buy a new laptop to work on music. That's when you know it's, it's real, so man. Bad, That's dude. when you're hustling for That's real. so bad, right? But um, but you course, knew, you know? I, I did, and, and it, it's crazy. I tell people, and they think it's a joke. Like, I would sit in some of the classes, and it would be like the Charlie Brown effect, where you the teacher's talking, and it's just... Yeah. And I'm hearing, like, melodies in my head, and I'm hearing lyrics in my head, almost to the point that I thought I was going to lose my mind. Like, no exaggeration. So I'm sitting there, and the teacher's writing on the whiteboard, and I'm like, what am I doing with myself? Yeah. Why am I here? Spending this money. Exactly. This exactly. And then at that point, yeah, like a new laptop was not worth not only the debt from, of course, student loans, but um, it was it wasn't worth the time, which I think time is far more priceless than you know materialistic things. What's that conversation like when you say, "Mom and Dad, I'm dropping out. Thanks for the new laptop, but yeah, I'm right." That conversation was interesting. Um, again, my parents always have wanted the best for us. And the best, um, oftentimes they would say they want us to do better than what they've done. Um, um, it was interesting. It was interesting. Um, I was the first of the children to, like, go to college and not finish. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. And so and how many of you are there? Well, there's siblings? four of us. I'm second oldest, and my oldest brother finished. Oh, wow. And so the um, one that was giving you all the shit about the yeah, taste, he, he's the yeah, no yeah, one, so he's, he's like, man, you really need yeah. to pick it up, dog. Well, the, thing is he, like, the thing is, he would just be like, you know, you know, are you going to class? Because we, we actually dorm together. He went to what? culinary school um, for two years. He finished that. And then he went. We both went to University of Arkansas, Pine so Bluff. Are you guys in Arkansas rooming together? Correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh wow! But I'm never at the room. <laughs> <laughs> are you? Do you go to U of Arkansas? Well, it was. It wasn't U Ark. It was uh, University of Arkansas, but it's in Pine Bluff, so it's an HBCU. Um, oh. But it's, it's, a, it's a very, very nice high school. And oh, I, that's, I loved it, yeah. That's dope. So you're so big bro, you guys are supposed to be rooming together, yeah. and then Z's off doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. You know. <laughs> oh, I'm, wow. I'm going to every rehearsal I could possibly get into or sneak into. I'm sitting down singing in someone's choir. Oh. I'm trying to arrange music for this uh, group. Okay, I'm well. trying to write music for this artist because I know they're trying so to do that. So everything but nursing. You're everything doing everything but, but nursing, dude. Nursing them records. Well, yeah, nursing <laughs> the records. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, because that is also something that I think is interesting, and and maybe you can shed some light on this too. Is how do you have that candid conversation where you know in your heart of hearts that you aren't supposed to be there to sure, to, to sure. say, "Listen, guys, like I just." Because especially when you're what you're 19 or 20, like yeah, it's yeah. And, and now as an adult, it's easy to think you don't know what you're doing. You should stay in there, sure, you know, figure sure, it out. How sure. how how do you broach that? You say, do you sit, take guys? We need to sit down and have the talk, or no? I think um, the thing is a lot happened for me in college. Um, a lot of things internally, externally, a lot of things with my family and my mom and her health. Just a lot of things happened. So a lot of things we wouldn't. Uh, we didn't necessarily hold back. If we had something to say, we would kind of like say it. And sometimes it, it wasn't right away, but eventually, you know, it would be said. So when it came down to school and college, I didn't, uh, 
again, I, my mom knew before I knew she knew that I was not going to class, you know, that I was not staying in that dorm room, you know. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was because of my brother, but he didn't do it directly. My mom and, and my brother's really, really good about, like, calling every weekend on Saturday. He calls every weekend religiously um, back home to check in on my folks. And I call as well, too. Don't, don't get me wrong. But every weekend. So just naturally, she'd be like, hey, yeah, where's your brother? Oh, you Not know. here. Yeah, so when you hear that consistently, she's like, why is he never there? My dad's like, why, why is he never in this room? So, of course, he's not going to lie to my folks about it. Um, so yeah, but yeah, when, when we had the conversation, it was, I think they understood. And at the end of the day, they were just like, yeah, we just want you to be great. You know, we want you to be, you know, successful. And it honestly, the first time my mom and dad ever seen me perform live was, was it last year? That was the very first time they've ever seen was last year. They came to Philly. I had a show at Warm Days. And it's not, again, it's definitely not because they haven't been supportive. Right. You know, they've been 110% supportive. Um, but yeah, and I was nervous as shit, dude. <laughs> it's like there's nothing like performing dad, from. And again, this is like as at, at Warm Daddies. And again, this is not. I love I love Warm Daddies. They've been great to us. My my dad's a preacher. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. He's, he's, like, he's, yeah. And my mom's a missionary. Yeah. So my mom, she's with it and she's you know clapping and she's smiling. And it, to me, to me, every time I look out there and I see my dad, he's just like washed Still face. Still face, yeah. yeah. And I'm like can't get a read oh, on it shit dude and it's 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 unnerving and I, I i oftentimes think nothing can unnerve me on stage that night yeah dude what it's strange there's something that performing for strangers is infinitely easier for some reason it's, than performing yeah, for yeah, yeah, yeah. some yeah. like your folks you know yeah, yeah. like especially at warm daddies if you're mm. like sorry dad this isn't quite a church but right yeah, yeah. And, and i'm singing so about sex on fire yeah, exactly. and i'm grinding a little bit and i'm losing my shit on stage like <laughs> mom's like Oh, my mom is with it, yo. She's like clapping. That's my Shut baby. up, mom, yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yo, that's what's up. And my dad, and, but I mean, t- in his defense, at the end, I, I called him my brother, and, I, and apparently, I was just like, he he's like, I enjoy the show, but I'm like, oh, I don't think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, yeah. It was, it's interesting. We've, I've seen Zeke perform in front of some pretty big names, and I've never seen him come off of the stage and fit and seem that unnerved so just to give you like a little bit of insight on, on the impact that it had yeah. for his parents especially his father like as soon as he came off the stage backstage he was just like i don't know what he thought you could just tell like it really meant a lot to him yeah. what his parents thought of him and so his brother was trying to reassure him like no i just talked to dad he was just <laughs> like you know he did a good job you know but dad's because i was be like that would yeah. be like good job you know but you can't you can't tell from their face or anything yeah he's always been a solid type too so i don't know because i did when i was going through the research and stuff there there, it did seem like there were some some pretty popping artists that you performed open with for something like that it's been a blessed journey so you know and so and i want to get to that too so hold that thought if you have those stories um but so when you first when you first so you dropped out of college yeah so you you drop out it's sophomore year Mm -hmm. you're not Somewhat sophomore. Somewhat sophomore year. <laughs> it's the yeah. first week of sophomore year. Um, <laughs> again. <laughs> again, we got my new laptop. Um, right. You are, you're 19, you're 20. Mm. What's the plan? Are you, I'm moving back in with mom and dad. Is this, mm. I'm going to get some sort of a nine to five job to pay bills. I'm on my own. What, what, what's no, the plan? Man. I, I'm, uh, again, church, right? So I went to, it's a revival and I'm not sure if you're familiar what revivals are. I'm not. Okay. So it's just pretty much just a, it's a congregation or a congregating congregation how do you say that a bunch of people meeting oh yeah gathering, it's a gathering okay right of, of a group of people and oftentimes when it's a revival they're just it's the purpose of a revival oftentimes is to like revive like the road is revived so it's to revive the people to lift them up to kind of do a little bit of chastising if you will or oh. things just to kind of like keep them on the straight and narrow path you know 
to them to make to to talk to something that's happening in their lives to right. bring their spirits higher. Oh, so it's like a, it's a revival. So I went to a revival in um, in Pine Bluff, Arkansas at the time, and um, whenever someone says you know it's a prophet that's there, I was always skeptical, and I would side eye that thing. I'm just like I don't need anybody telling me. I literally would say I don't need anybody telling me something I already know about myself. Like yeah. whatever. Um, but I went. I had um, a friend. She was. A, she is uh, an amazing singer, and she was like, "Yeah, just come, just come, whatever." So like, whatever. So I go and I sit all the way at the back, right? And um, uh, the, the minister's up. He's preaching or whatever, and he says, um, "He says, you young man." He points to me, and I just look back, but there's no one behind me because I'm all the way at the back. So you're like, right? who? <laughs> right. So he says, "You know," he stops in the middle of his message. He says, "You young man." So I'm like. You know, whatever. And he's like, you know, come here. So I was just like, dude, I don't, I'm not trying to like do this right yeah. now. Yeah. Whatever. Um, and I think actually at the time I was on the phone with someone. I was like low key <laughs> trying to like be like literally phone conversation, not text it. So I'm like, I have to call you back. So I hang up the phone and I walk up to the front. So he's just like ministering or whatever. He's like, you do something. You do something with your hands. I'm like, yeah, I think we all do stuff with our hands. Yeah. It's called work. You yeah. Know? And he's like, writing you're a writer so i was like lucky guess yes i am you know and he's like songwriter he said you're gonna start prophesying about you know how your songs are gonna help the world and you'll just just different things as far as like how you see your name and Mm -hmm. this will become this and this and i was just like yeah cool so i mean it's it definitely touched me at the time and i started crying um so he prayed with me and that was it Mm. um next night i went again Right, and so cause usually revivals run for like maybe yeah maybe uh, two or three days. Okay, cool. So the next night I go again and I end up singing. After that I go. Uh, the, he calls me up again or whatever. We talk after the church after the service and at the end of the day it was a group of three or four of us and we actually went on tour with him and we literally went to a lot of different churches and we were ministered to like young people at the oh, time. Wow. So I would sing every time before he would minister or whatever. So again we went everywhere from Long Beach to. Uh, Ohio, um, drove to Colorado. We, we traveled a lot, and it was for an entire year. So wait for an entire year. An entire year. Okay, <laughs> back up. Yeah. So you quit school. Mm-hmm. You go to revival. Mm-hmm. You get you get the the, the 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 prophecy. Sure. And then how do you go from that to going on tour for a year? Again, I, I've always went off of like faith you know what i mean i always went off of like uh, does the minister like z we'd love to have you here's your stipend here's your weekly so the thing is i mean it wasn't just like yeah you know come with us and you know whatever yeah we we definitely had those things in place but again a lot of it was definitely a faith walk you know what i mean and at the time uh i was I knew, I felt that it was definitely something I should do. You know what I mean? Like, um, and so it helped at a crossroads in your life. You're probably is, like, this is a is, calling. It is, and it, and it was. And I don't regret a day of it, not one day of it. Um, again, it taught me a lot spiritually. It taught me a lot um, of things that I, to this day, look at a little differently. Yeah. Uh, it taught me a lot of things that I followed through, and I was like, okay, cool. And the funny thing, even funnier thing about it is a lot of things that he prophesied to me, some of the things happened while I was with him majority of those things happen once I left and what do you mean um <laughs> so there there are different things like he would say like um like where I would travel 
you know, for instance, or what I would do while I was there, or... So he says, you're going to Ohio, you're going to sing for this youth congregation. Just, and it, 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 it wasn't, like, so vague. It was more, like, specifics, mm. which is what I liked. Mm. Because anybody can say, you know, sometime this week, you're going to get a phenomenal parking spot, although there is very rare times you get phenomenal parking spots in Philadelphia. Come on, that's vague. But if it's something specific, like, yo, you are going to, I don't know come across $100 and when you come across $100 that $100 will be for this and you will need it for this oh so he's giving you like like prophecies kind of exactly Uh exactly with specifics and that to me is something like and I, I do believe like Again, not to get too far into it. No, no, 100%. I'm a little happy dippy myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so the thing is, and I think it's, and again, I, since then, like, I definitely still believe in prophecy. And I think the parallel to that is psychics. You know what I mean? And I'm not some, you know, I, I just believe that it's real. Yeah. You know, and you could take it or leave it, that part of it. But um, when it comes to, like, religion, I'm not so religious anymore. Uh, but I'm very, very spiritual. Yeah. You know what I mean? And what I mean by that is, like, I don't. I probably shouldn't go into it, huh? I won't go into it. I won't. No, you have to get into it too much. No, I totally <laughs> but it's, understand. It's, but it's, it's uh, I know where I know where I am right now in in my life and in, in my spirituality, and I am confident in yeah. where I am now. So yeah, it's it, long story short, it's definitely been a blessed journey, and that whole area of my life, I still look back on it to this day, and I'm like, I'm grateful for it. I'm definitely grateful for it. A hundred. I think Absolutely. I think that's a really powerful thing is to have that self-awareness, to be like, it's not like I necessarily believe in some man in the sky, but, sure, th- but sure, this thing yeah. to be like, to, to have that um, kind of architecture that you think with that helps you yeah, to, care, to have yeah. faith because there is so much that goes into a profession like this. Like you said, yeah, to, to, to be able to take those yeah, risks yeah. and to half of the battle is to just believe yeah. that it's gonna yeah. work and yeah. to that it helps you put one step in front of the other absolutely and it gets you where absolutely. you need to be absolutely. half the time just from believing and having the faith to take the yeah. and jump yeah and it's not I think to, in my opinion I guess to go a little more into detail I'm not all about speci- like when it comes to that area I'm not all about specifics personally yeah For, again where I am spiritually I'm not all about specifics so I'm not again as you say you, like, you don't believe in that there is like a god above or there's a, some big man you know, that's you know that you have that freedom and I think that's the beauty of humanity right. is we all have freedoms to believe and have faith in who and or what or if at all you know we choose I think that's the beauty of it all so I embrace that and I support everybody that is like that you know I just think ultimately allowing someone else to have that freedom to do the same yeah is the key to all of that yeah. but yeah I think at the end of the day yeah you have everyone has faith in something everyone believes or hopes that this will work even if you're just saying like good luck or you know I'm wishing you blessings or I'm you know whatever it is it's an energy and it's a positive or a negative you know what I mean and yes. that I think is the root of it all just my opinion yeah and I agree and something that I think and this is something that I've been I've been thinking about a lot recently is that sort of the energy that you that you put out there too Absolutely. so if you're traveling around you're yeah. singing you're bringing yeah. this beauty to people's lives yeah. the universe or your religion or whatever yeah, is yeah, yeah, yeah. Re- rewards that almost Absolutely. it almost gives it back to you it yes. feels that and yes. and it'll probably i'm not sure what that year-long journey was but it probably gave <laughs> you signs along the way to say hey z this you're doing it. something right yeah. you know yeah, like yeah, yeah. whether it's people coming up to you after the show or you finding a hundred dollars or yeah, whatever yeah. it was yeah. like i like you know, it at the deja vu i always yeah. say like or, or what we call deja vu and 
you know, it was like, oh my God, I've been here before. I said, or, or it just means that you're on the right track. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? So yeah, where you are or where you should be at that moment in time. So you come back from the year long tour. Sure. You have an, you're traveling around the States. Sure. And then do, do you have an idea of what's next? Or are you, are you like, okay, now I have some actual something on my resume though. I have some connections. I've toured for a year. What, what well, is- so kind of, um, so again, those are just definitely just like church connections, uh, if you will. Which, and I don't say that in a, a, as a knock at all. Uh, I knew at the time I did not want to go into just gospel music, and I have nothing uh, against gospel music. Again, it's definitely a part of who I am. Yeah. Um, that whole year, are you singing mostly gospel? It was definitely just gospel. Oh, okay, for cool. Sure. Um, are you writing originals on the bus? Like I'm on definitely the side? writing. Yes, I'm writing originals, and they're more so like love songs at the time I was doing like Neo so because so. I read I've read some of your lyrics oh, yeah? and it's like cool but it's definitely in that soulful <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know what I mean sure. but um, yeah, it's different it's, than gospel yeah, to say yeah. the least yeah. Right, right, <laughs> yeah right and I think at the time again like um, this is also before uh, I wrote the, I wrote my first love song that wasn't a gospel song again when I was much younger and I said it to, I sang it to my mom and she says Excuse me. She says, that's beautiful, baby, but where is God in it? You know? <laughs> and, I, and again, I get where she was coming from with yeah. it. Um, but that was also, again, an early sign that I knew the direction I was going. And I was like, well, you know, God is love, as they often say. But I really, uh, you're right. Now to this day, I have like, well, to answer your question, yes, I, on the bus, I was writing, uh, or at the van, I should say, I was writing, arranging, cutting, clipping. You're making just, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had my laptop at the time. So, um, that was like my uh, travel buddy, if you will. I took oh. it everywhere, and um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was it was an interesting journey. I think I did a lot of evolving, mm. uh, a lot of growing, um, and I, it was it was almost as if I was like the person growing, but I was also able to see the growth at the same time. So it was like That's an inner and outer body experience. It was very interesting, um, but that was yeah yeah for sure. And and so what's the what's the next step after you finish that? Do you do you are you still in Illinois this time? You come back to Arkansas? Where are so, you? So yeah, I I traveled for a year. Ended up going um, to Arkansas, and uh, the prophet pretty much was like, I think your time in a ministry is like complete. You know what I mean? <laughs> Not necessarily ending, as if like you know we're sending you on your way, go away. Um, but he was like, you know, you've definitely been a blessing to the ministry, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I believe it's time, or I believe God is saying, like, it's time for you to, you know, pretty much take flight. Yeah. In what you've you, grown, your purpose. now yeah, go yeah, yeah. fly. And I felt I was ready at the time as well, too. So it was a, definitely a mutual understanding. And I, again, just as any, anything else, like when you leave home, you expect to get the blessings of your parents. Right. Well, I traveled for a year with the prophet and other uh, people at the time. So to get the blessing of, from them, which is, in my opinion, it's equivalent to getting the blessing from your parents. Yeah. It's like, okay, you know, pretty much go fly. Um, so I literally only had, uh, again, I was working with a, a former team at the time, remotely, if you will, that was already based in Philadelphia. Oh, okay. Um, so I got a one-way ticket <laughs> to Philly. I had, what? Three shirts, two pair of pants, something like that, and a bag of peanuts. Wow. <laughs> and no money. <laughs> That's crazy. No money at all. And um, but again, that belief to say to, leap, to go for it. Yeah, dude. And I've, again, I've never been afraid of that. And I don't know if that's good or bad. Cause sometimes <laughs> in some situations, some people are like, "Yo, you're crazy." As hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are you doing? But um, yeah, dude. I just I just went for it. I went for it. And literally, the first day I got off 
the plane I landed here. And I think this is kind of a testament to like what I would say for up and coming artists to do. Um, if I'm not jumping too far ahead. No, no, okay. no, let's um, go there. It's just like the hustle is so important. And you hear yeah. so many people saying like, you know, you gotta put your time in. No, so literally when I got off that plane, I went to an open mic, literally went to the open mic the same night. And I'm the new guy, nobody knows me. And Did you have was, your guitar with you? Or you just no, vote with just I had vocals a track. with the back and track. track. I released, I had, at the time, I had already released my first uh, EP, which was called Emotions, and it was Neo Soul uh, at the time. Were you the experience? I was not. Not no, yet. I was Z underscore E underscore E underscore K <laughs> underscore. Right. <laughs> that actually, that's like a very that has come back around and been like a popping name now. That yeah, would be probably. Like something, yeah. At the time, people was like, "Yeah, I'm not trying to go yeah, 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 yeah. What is that? Who? Yeah. Um, Whatever, so I, I go to the stage and I um, I give them my track and mind you, I signed up earlier on in the night. I don't get on to the very end, of course. And uh, again, I'm, I'm, no one knows me, so whatever. Yeah. Um, Where is it? Where is it? So it was actually at it's it's now I forget what it's called now, but it was on Arch. It's right at the corner of Arch and 15th or 16th in Arch. Wow. Um, and they do a lot of uh, sheds there now too. A lot of musicians come through. So it's like you're plugging it into like the old iPod Mini type Dude, of joint, right? Like for the have, MP3. Right. <laughs> I have the the the, uh, the instrumental. So of course, unbeknownst to myself, I don't know that Philly. Shout out to Philly has some of the best musicians around, if not the best musicians around. So I, you know, I give the track to them, and they're playing the track. So I start singing. Time brings about a change. Uh. So I'm singing, and all of a sudden the track stops. And the drummer starts playing, and the piano player is playing the music. So I'm like, I'm getting a little nervous because this has never happened to me. Why did they stop the track? Why are they playing it live? They don't know the song. Like, all these things are going through my head. I'm still singing. Um, the music, or the uh, room gets quiet, and people actually are paying attention. And um, Which is rare for the very last rare. position to open mic. It's rare in e Philly. Yeah, here, period. <laughs> you know, and so I, I sing the song or whatever, and they play, this, they play the record. They play it nail it too and um after i get done a few people come up to me but one lady specifically who's still a uh, part of the team today and sings background for me stephanie oliver shout out to stephanie shout out she Steph. has been rocking with me dude since i stepped foot off the plate no exaggeration wow um, she came up to me she said hi my name is stephanie oliver i would like to be your background singer and wow. from that day dude she has rode the ties with me i love her i love her that's yeah. crazy yeah. Wow. Yeah. Unbelievable. Okay. Well, hold that thought. So take me. And also, do I need to get you guys out of here by by twelve? You want to shoot for noon or so? We had a meeting after this, but it, we just found out when you were in the bathroom that it got canceled. Oh. So. Dang. Okay. <laughs> we're. Wow. 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 So. Okay. No problem. Because sometimes people are like, "Key, I got to keep it short," yeah, and I know I hear talk yeah, a lot. No, so. Good. Okay. Cool. So we'll shoot. We'll shoot somewhere around twelve, twelve fifteen. Get sure, you. Sure. Sure. Anyway, it's it's about eleven thirty. Okay. Um, so. Going from the open mic, you're in Philly, got a bag of peanuts. Mm -hmm. How how do you or do you have a place to stay? Or do you have homies that you're allowed to crash on with? Or are you like, okay, I'm going to get a job just to pay the bills? What sort of, where are you at with it? So, I mean, yeah, I, I am crashing with a friend at the time. Uh, and I do. I do eventually get a job. I start working at Sprint. Um, Selling phones? Yeah, I do. Customer service. That, and, nothing uh, like that retail gig. Dude, it was actually probably... Probably one of the better jobs I've had, to be honest. Really? So you're yeah, suited and cool. booted every day. I mean, I, again, I love I love doing it. I love the interaction with people. Um, and you get people from all walks of life. And I've always kind of used anything possible 
to as as a form of inspiration like i would get stories of people out sometimes i would see things in other people's phones that would give me an idea of a song sometimes i hear conversations Absolutely. and they give me an idea of a song so i've always kind of been trying to put myself in the middle of situations to where i can kind of like write a story i never really want to hear the whole story hmm. i never want to hear like the start and the finish of anything maybe not even a kicker i want to be able to hear oh my god and that was the dog but that dog was there for 12 years oh, let's write the story ah, you know what i mean so just a snippet of it reverse engineer it kind yeah, of. yeah 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 and just it, it pushes you to be creative but yeah so yeah i worked in sales at sprint uh for some time uh and i did that for a while um worked there after working there i ended up working at best buy um <laughs> but sprint was very interesting um I knew I didn't want to work there anymore after I, <laughs> after I, long story short, told a customer, I really don't give two shits yeah. what phone you Right. Want. Like, yeah. and that's when it nicely how I said it. Um, I think the night prior to, I had been drinking and uh, a little bit, and I was just over it. Yeah. I was like over it. I was like, yeah, so I, I really don't give mean, When you're in that nine to five and you know you want to be creative, you're like, dude, it's, it's, I couldn't yeah. Give, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um. Yeah, I did that for a while. Again, like I said, the Radio Shack. I mean, excuse me. Um, Best Buy? Best Buy for a while. Um, and then, yeah, after that, I ended up working at, I think the airport came right after that, I believe. And I worked at the airport. Yeah, but it was just fast forwarding through time for sure. But yeah. um, I worked at the airport, which was my latest um, job. But then that company actually ended at the airport. And now I um, I took the money and again, took out my 401k plan and said, let's <laughs> and do this let's shit. Let's do it. Let's do this let's shit. Do I got my shit. new bag of peanuts. Yes. And, and I got a nice over bag of peanuts. <laughs> so throughout that time, just to touch on a little bit, when you're at the airport, you, you're still playing music. You're still sure, releasing absolutely. music. You're still the traveling. Okay. Absolutely. So the, throughout the whole time, you're you're taking your bread, you're putting it back into the music, building it slowly. So, kind of. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, long story short, yeah. So at the time, like I said, when I was working at Sprint, I was uh, staying with a friend at the time, or business partner, I should say. And then after that, I moved out, got my own place uh, right around the time I was working at Best Buy. And then from there into, like, now, currently, I was at my own place and been working. I worked at the airport. So, yeah, I, I did all that. And, yeah, the creative thing, I think, shortly after I started working at the airport, we were able to, like, travel a lot more internationally. Right. So at the time, oh. this is now. This is like when it's forwarded over to just me and Parley, like a team of two. Okay. So <laughs> right. let's. So let's. And, and so I want to get into that with you. Yeah. So so Parley, at what point in the journey? What point do you meet Z? Um. So it was around the time when he first came to yeah, Philly. Yeah. It wasn't like the first oh. night, but it was like early oh, early days. Really. It was early days when he first came to Philly, and that whole thing that I told you about with that producer. Yeah. It happened to happen when he kind of was first. So you had you you'd known of each other. You've been working together for a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, and yeah. so apparently at that point, where before right before you hear about Z and you're doing it, you're doing your songwriting thing. What, mm -hmm. Where are you at in life? Are you in Jersey working full time? What do you? Uh, yeah, <laughs> at the time I was working full time. And where? At a, a behavioral health agency. Oh wow. And I was kind of helping to run their HR department. Um, oh, so outside of music, I had a whole whole nother life. You left that nine to five <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, yeah, that nine to five life. Did you you went to college? Mm -hmm, to Drexel. Oh, you went to Drexel yeah, yeah. for marketing. For marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aha. Ooh. Okay, so you did. So <laughs> aha. Because so now I'm starting to put together. It's, you know, yeah, the pieces starting to come into place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I know Drexel. <laughs> 
they have that they're like a great pre-professional yeah. school because they have the hookup so yeah. you're at drexel mm-hmm. you're you're doing your marketing thing yeah. are you in the back of your mind saying you know what i really just want to do music and write or are you like where's it's, your mind it's interesting no i i've always loved music music that's another whole story you could be here for hours but mm. it's a very very personal thing for me so i've always loved music but i didn't even know i wanted to be a writer until after school after, i wrote poetry uh-huh. I, I had make a long story short i had one of the worst breakups ever my heart was in shattered pieces perfect time for it <laughs> makes the best art baby and yeah. i was writing poetry so much that i was filling up books like books were filled of, of writing and one day the poem turned into a melody in my head it was a song uh, I've been writing songs, and I was like, oh, I love this. This is pouring out right now. Yeah. So I'm going all over New Jersey and Philly, knocking on studio doors, just like, can I write with you? I'll, I'll mop your floors just so that I can work with whoever produces. Like, I, it just hit me. Like, this is what I want to do. And I've always loved music, but I never knew I wanted to create it. That is a huge gem for, for people yeah. listening is yeah. if you to offer your services for free. It's not oh, at man. that point you say, like, you yeah. know what I mean? To say, listen, let me just work with you, give you something. And to understand that the knowledge that you can gain from that experience yeah. Yeah. can be worth that time and energy that yeah. you get. You know, people oftentimes with, when I work with young kids, they, they're like, oh, but how much is it per hour or whatever? I'm like, right. dog, sometimes you've got to go clean the shit. Clean. Sometimes you've got to go yeah. knock on the doors yeah. just to get your foot in the door and then the producer you end up working with you become friendly they realize you're an essence say oh we got somebody in philly actually you should connect with Mm -hmm. so young paralee (laughs) out here you know getting promoted Yeah. What is that? Are you doing, are you in HR? Is that the first thing? Yeah, so that behavioral health agency was actually, I was working in their um, QI department and I was there for six months and the person who was in the HR seat um, left. And so my my supervisor, she was just like, you need to be doing more than this. So six months in, I got a promotion to the HR department. That's that's huge. <laughs> crazy. Yeah. It was crazy. So I was working there around the time that I ended up meeting Zeke. But before that happened, so I was working full time. I was going around knocking on doors in Philly, all these places saying, can I just work to write? I knew I wanted to write. Yeah. And one day I knocked on the door in Cherry Hill. I'll never forget. It was a studio and it's, it's called The Studio, D-A Studios. And the guy answered the Such a Jersey studio, <laughs> dude. Yeah. The guy who answered the door, his name is Way Cooler. Now rewind. No. I told you. I've all, you know, do you know who Way Cooler is? No, oh, but the I'm guy like, who works at The Studio his is name Way, Way Cooler. Cooler. I'm already a fan. So <laughs> I didn't know when I was a kid beyond my time my sisters are there's an age gap between us so mm-hmm. I've always loved music that was before my time yeah. so back in the day there was this group called Pretty Poison and they had a really popular song called Catch Me I'm Falling one of my favorite songs as a kid I knew nothing about what it was but my sisters <laughs> loved it so I loved it so I knocked on the door and Way Cooler answers the door and we talk and I'm like I'll do whatever you need me to do can I just write with you and he's like come on let's just talk and I come and I'm looking, I'm like, there's gold records on his wall. And I'm like, who is this guy, right? So we're talking. And he was like, come back next week. So I start writing with whatever producers are there. I'm just around. He just lets me be around to be an intern. And That's I find huge. out later on that he's one of the main members of Pretty Poison, the song that I loved when I was a kid. And he was one of the first people that actually said to me, you're a really talented writer. So he was there make a long story longer yeah. one day he has this opportunity with this kid that's on the real world remember back in the day the real world yes, used to be on MTV of course yeah <laughs> so there's Classic. this kid from the real world at the time his name was Josh Cologne he was on one of the seasons Way Cooler does a track with Tony Luke the cheese steak the cheese steak <laughs> guy <laughs> Tony Luke cheese steaks. he's also Tony Luke is also a producer yeah so Way and Tony produced this song for the guy that's on The Real World. And, uh. and Way says, I want you to write one of the verses for the song. He's like, you've been here. You've been dedicated. Write the verse. I write the verse. They don't, want, they don't like it for the, for the verse, but they like it for the bridge. So they bring in this, mm. another young lady. He used to be signed with Warner Brothers. She sings my verse um, on the song. The song gets performed on MTV. And that's how I get my first royalty check. 
Had I never went and knocked on doors, that would have never. Just for some perspective, how many people turned you away from studios? People, it wasn't before. even being turned away. It was just not responsive. They just didn't respond to me. Tons. Tons. Right? That's what people always say. It's a numbers game half the time. You not, but it takes the one time when a guy named Way Cooler will answer the door to open the door and and gives me a chance and gives you a chance and then to take not paid by the way. Right? Exactly. To take advantage of it to realize that the opportunity. And to kick ass there yeah. and to keep showing up yeah. is is huge. Yeah. And and the fact that you just keep showing up, showing that you're into it, is seriously that. Yeah. People listen, man. That's that's that, that's it. That's you know, it. that's the that's, that's the gem. So yeah. now that you're starting to get some clout, you're writing. Yeah. It's actually starting to catch. Um, you realize people are responding to the writing. Uh, let me ask you this: as a creative, how do you deal with? Um, maybe for people that want to take that route or, or like to write whatever, how do you deal with the aspect of someone else singing your lyrics with and 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 or, uh, acknowledging maybe people and not having the self doubt that oh I'm not good enough to sing it mm-hmm. or uh, battling that mm-hmm. that that sort of duality between being a writer and someone else using your work. I think for me, it wasn't that difficult only because I'd never really wanted to be a singer. So just like Zeke, I grew up in the church and that was another connection that we had. We both both are church babies. And so coming up in the church, I didn't have much of a choice. I had to sing. I was there every week, throughout the week in in the choir. And I I did not have a choice. We had to be in the choir. We had to sing. And so through that, my choir director used to make me sing solos. And I remember clamming up. Like I would have sweaty palms. I hated it. I could not stand it, and my voice would be shaking, but I had to sing in front of huge churches of, of people, and every time I would sing, people would be like, you did such a great job, do it again, and I couldn't stand it, and so to come back later on and be a writer, it gave me a lot of relief, because that anxiety that I had of being in front of the crowd was no longer there, so yeah. I didn't have a problem. I had to sing my own tracks back then. I would sing my own references yeah. so the artist would know how it goes, right. so I wasn't uncomfortable with it, because I knew melodies and things like that, but I never wanted to be that, so some people have that, I think a little bit of that yes. push and pull. I never... I'm so glad that. That, that you that you, you you were part of this whole process because I don't think a lot of people understand unless you know kind of the music game a little bit you realize mm-hmm. how big an aspect of that writers play that yeah. like uh, like people like when you hear a big record sometimes yeah. that yeah. might be writers that you've never even heard of but they're yeah. making so much bread they're having a blast because <laughs> they're just writing and and yeah. and they don't have to be the face you of don't it have you know pressure, yeah. exactly and then you have to the pressure you have to do all the PR bullshit sometimes yeah, yeah, you're yeah, like yeah, yeah. sometimes you want the glitz and glamour and that's great but sometimes mm-hmm. there are people that are just like you said the royalty checks there's a yeah. whole another aspect to it where maybe you're an introvert and you're you're a brilliant poetry writer but yeah. you're like oh man I'll never make this work because I don't want to get up in front of a crowd yeah. you can still crush it if you still. just like to write yeah. and you know yeah. And, yeah. And, and write for other people and so right. at what point then um, along your writer journey are mm-hmm. you able to to leave the full-time gig and and sort of pursue the, the creative side. So I haven't. I oh, still work still, full-time, still so it's, just, full-time. it's interesting, um, especially when it came to the business aspect, because you have to... The one thing I admire about Zeke that he was talking about is that he's the type of person, like he said, other people can say to him, Zeke, have you thought... This looks crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and Zeke will just fly. Yeah. And if he, he feels like if he falls, he's going to fall, but he's going to get back up and do it again. And that's, and that's wonderful. And I think that that's the thing about him that's incredible. Um, but I do think that it also helps that when you have somebody like that, most of the time there's probably somebody in your life that's there to be a cushion in case yeah, you fall. Absolutely. <laughs> and absolutely. he's been blessed, I think, not just with me, even people that he's met before he started working with me. I think that he's always had that somewhere in his life that somebody, even if he didn't 
feel like they were there, there's always been somebody I think that's been there that yeah. in case he felt he's never going to be on his own. Right. And I think that, so to, to the point of what I'm getting to is that I still work because somebody has to. Yeah. <laughs> because we have yeah. to be yeah. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? Uh, that's a nice because little. The, the thing about it is, and we're working, it's, it's not one of those things oh, where we man. feel like we've arrived by any means because how can we, I mean, sure. I, I don't think we've arrived until the world knows his name. I, right. You know what I mean? Right. And so we have to still when I say we have to work in some capacity, so I'm, I'm happy that he actually can focus more on his music, but yeah. there are still bills that have to be paid, there's still things that have to be done. So. And I yeah. think part of that is, like you said, with the working, you're still able to, what I appreciate about both, and like you said, quitting recently, is having the passion to continue it even when you're working full-time, yeah. to say, to have, to be even good enough with your resources, mm-hmm. or to have the, the, the foresight to say, this isn't forever and to yeah. be able to just keep putting one step in front of the other you know because it can that nine to five grind especially these creatives yeah. can really it can really hard. kill you it's hard it can it's stress really you hard. it can milk you but I, I, I will go also, I will like to go on record to also say like even as the person that's not technically working a nine to five this currently what I'm doing now is more than a fucking nine to five because exactly. you have to be disciplined and wake your ass up every morning early I get up every uh-huh. morning. Well, uh, maybe not the last two mornings. <laughs> no, but, <laughs> but every but morning the most at like part, yeah. between 4.45 a.m. to 5 a.m. And I'm not going to sleep until I get shit done. And it's not just the creative process. I'm not just spending all of my day just producing exactly. records. Like, I have to look for grants now. I have to look for other sources of income. I have to do these other things. So I have a running, and I carry this black journal here. I have it here. It has nothing to do with this interview. <laughs> I was like, I my man really came prepped. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I carry it as a, as a reminder for myself. Like, yo, whenever I have something that I know I need to work on, or something I know I need to do, or whenever I'm just sitting down, I'm going to be writing in this thing because I owe it to not only myself but to Paralee yeah. again, who has vested interest in it right. uh, as a business partner, but the world even because I would love the world to benefit from what we create, and I think it'll be less. Uh, I don't know. It'll, it'll be an insult mm-hmm. to the creative process and to, I think, in my opinion, my life if I didn't apply myself as thoroughly as I possibly could. Right. So let me let me talk to you guys. now. That we, let's move into this sort of aspect now, talking a little bit more business, a little bit more of the creative element. Sure. So as a, it's interesting because as a manager, there's so much, there's a business element to it. But then as a creative, it's a totally different side. That How do you guys, when say you're working on something, have new projects, things like that, how do you balance that that process? You know what I mean? Now you're talking about balance between like creative, creative and, and management. Yeah. Oh, man. Because yeah, I know I know this is difficult territory. Yeah, but, yeah. but You want to answer it? Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's, hear, let's, hear, let's hear both. So, so from both I, perspectives. I, I think that we're, that part we're still learning, honestly. And we've... I, so we've worked together creatively, I think, since 2012, maybe. So we're going into our sixth year creatively working together. But it wasn't until, I think, tw- we worked together business-wise before, because like I said, I, I helped the old team out a yeah. lot, um, just with sure. input and a lot of different things that we were doing. But when it came to just, I think it was maybe like 2014, so it hasn't been like a really long, end of 2014. Mm. So since then, and like I said, we, it didn't, it wasn't like once he was finished with his old team that I was his manager. Right. It was just like, okay, this Zeke is here. Something's got to happen. Yeah. Something's got to happen to get him to be, not that he wasn't motivated, but it was like a, he went through a lot. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to help him to get further. So I think that 
it just became doing things that needed to be done. And so if we needed to write a song, we were already in that mode. We were already creatively doing that. Right. But now if there's something like, okay, he needs shows. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's got to help pick up that load to try to get him shows. And so I think that over time, we're still trying to figure out that balance because yeah. what happened was we got more into business mode and so things started to really take off. We, we went international. And so I he's, saw yeah, that. Yeah, so he's, been to, he's performed in Milan and Paris and London. And, and so all these things started to happen and it was great. But the business aspect of it, because it took so much focus and some of the and friendship aspect suffered mm -hmm. because creatively, the time that we had to just be creatives mm -hmm. was taken Isn't away and it, yeah. and it wasn't mm -hmm. there. And so it's, to your point earlier, when you said that there has to be somebody who's going to tell you the truth that loves you enough yeah. to say, hey, you might be effing up. Yeah. And so to be that person, before if I was before if somebody else said that to him, I can kind of be like the buffer and say, well, can you understand why this person said X, Y, Z? And right. the other side, like, can you understand why Zeke feels this way? I was more of a mediator in the previous situation. Now I'm that person. Right. And so it puts you in a different position. And so you're you're not just like talking to your homie. Your homie is now the person that has to tell you the hard things. And, it and has, you're in a creative and you're partnership creative. too. Exactly. So yeah. it starts to take a toll. And so I think, to be completely honest with you, we're still trying to figure that. We have a lot of conversations now mm -hmm. trying to figure that out. Mm -hmm. How do you balance that? Because it's not an easy situation. Yeah, I would agree. I, I would agree. Yeah, <laughs> I don't even know. What she, she nailed it. Yeah. I think. And, and again, like she said, we have a lot of conversations about it. And I don't think it's impossible. I think as the journey continues, there will be more more of a workload. And yeah. I think what, I, in my opinion, I think the answer to some of those things is, I think we may or may not be in a position to develop a larger team. Yeah. But again, it's our baby. So you want to be cautious as to who you bring in to do even some of the smallest or minute things. Because it's just like, all right, yeah, we'll bring this person in. And it's not so much as saying, like, mine, mine, mine. But, like, we've taken care of this thing. We've gotten it this far. And, yeah, more hands definitely, I believe, could help a lot. But who? It changes the dynamic. Who? It if does you, change if, the if dynamic. It's, if it's for a, sure. You know? For sure. It goes from a partnership to a tr That. Yeah, yeah. You know? It that, could be little. It that, could be little that's right. The, the, like, yeah, um. Yeah. And it's interesting watching like friendships in high schools, like mm -hmm. the little trio of three girls. Yeah, there's yeah. always, there's always some a, drama yeah. because that third person that third can throw <laughs> a loop. Brendan thinks is then yeah. there's a, suddenly someone that can do he said, she sure. said. Yep. Exactly. Yep. So when there's one other it's person. Funny. You said that one of the things we were just talking about this the other day. One of the things that people told us when we when people will start to see us a lot of times, and they, people notice it just like you now, no, sitting now with us. Anytime you've seen Zeke, at some point in time, you're going to see Paralee. Yeah. And so when people start to see the dynamic with us, some of the folks that we really trusted in the beginning that had a lot of experience the two things that they said specifically to Zeke but they said it to me too they said Zeke the first thing is to never do is to never ever believe your own hype do not start to believe when you're starting to do better don't believe it because <laughs> that's the beginning of the downfall and the second thing that they said to us and they said here is good do not let anybody ever come between the two of you because the moment that you do that it's going to fall and this is the thing that we built such a good thing and so it's to your point when you say bringing that third person there's always a risk and you can't be so afraid that you don't take those risks right but like Zeke was saying, this is something that we built together. Yeah. And so whether it be internally or even externally, when you have outside forces that can cause that, mm -hmm. that little crack in the foundation yeah. can do so, yeah. so much. So we're, we're working through. It's funny, you caught us in a, in a, in a time frame, mm -hmm. but we're still trying to work through mm -hmm. how to balance that. I'm glad because that's, that's, yeah. what, that's what makes it's, it interesting. Yeah, we would like to look back even now and from now to today, or rather, and look back maybe, what, three months into the future and be like, yo, 
this is how we got through that. And then in a year from now, you look back, you know, because you're constantly progressing and always learning. Evolution, absolutely. Can I just say one thing about that? That album that's out, 22, that was a real, it was a huge test of our relationship. And I think that I'm so proud of it because it gave us the opportunity to have something creative out there that was that's both of ours. Because sure. what happened was we worked uh, together for a long time but there was not any music out. Right. So that album being uh, out was a huge push. And so while we're figuring out how we work together, at least we have put out something creatively that people can now enjoy while yeah. we're trying to figure out. <laughs> Absolutely. But because if that wasn't out, we would still be trying to figure it out and then there would still be no music. And sure. it's really, I think that's a really important part is to be able to I was talking to, to somebody about this the other day about to release something is the only way to grow is to, to, to create yeah. and to put out there. And now you can look back on it listen, and be like, let's move forward. Listen, I was nervous as shit. <laughs> she had to hit the submit button. Oh, I was really? not doing it. Yeah. I was not Apparently literally take that, yeah. not doing it. She's like, no, we, this, you have to let it go. You have to release it. And one thing that actually helped me is painting. Actually, I've gotten mm. really, really heavily into painting because with painting, you can't Unless you're doing it digitally, you can't edit that shit. You know what I mean? You done. can't undo or it's, exactly. It's yeah, <laughs> oh it's, God, it's on there. Yeah. So like, it took me to like sometimes deal with that in the same mentality. Like, and I, I heard this documentary about this teacher, and she had like the second grade class, and every year without fail, her class had the best art, the best uh-huh. art, right? So, and it was a new class every year because you know the teachers. They're getting new, new classes every year. Right. So every year she had a class that had the best art, the best art every year. And all the other secondary classes were doing the same thing. So they literally interviewed the teachers like, well, what is it you're doing for these kids to have like this phenomenal art every year? And these are a different set of kids. And she says, I walk around the room and I watch them as they paint. And right before they get to the point to where they start to change it and it starts to go downhill, I take it. She takes the painting, which is just, uh. it's, it's teaching them like know when to like, Put a period behind the damn sentence. That's don't keep trying to have commas and have a fucking run off sentence. And just keep going and going. Just keep editing. And that's the thing about life. Like learn when to just let Let go. go. And it's the hardest thing, dude. Preach as an artist. Yeah. The hard as a creator. Yeah. It's the hardest thing. It's like, yo, it's not ready. It's not ready. It's like. Because there is no set finish with there art. Is so there so you could work on it potentially for exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah and yeah. to learn to let go. Yeah. Okay, so Z, put your earmuffs on real quick. Uh-oh. So so apparently let me ask you this. So you're working as a writer, mm-hmm. you're doing your thing. Why did you decide to, to to go all in on Z? You're you're getting some royalty checks from real world yeah, guy or yeah, 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 you have yeah. other people working out what what was it when you said, you know what, this is the one I'm gonna throw my eggs in the basket, jump on board and really help this guy out come on crazy yeah <laughs> <laughs> really because i'm sure you know no, you, as a writer if you're starting yeah, to get there and, exactly. you know, and you're in the studio you're starting to see other opportunities yeah. uh, i'm always curious on, on was it the chemistry writing were you like you know yeah. what i just it was his vibe he was he, uh, uh, what was it about that that, that made you want to the you're right it, the, the chemistry i had i don't think i had ever had a i had some really great writing experiences with producers and artists before it's like, that was really interesting but yeah, there would that it was the chemistry of us writing together in the creative chemistry, but it was also honestly I had never met a talent like Zeke. His, mm. it's so weird when we sat down. It was really humble beginnings, and we were just at a table, and so I had heard what the producer told me about him. But when I sat down with them, and he just sang something for me, just how he just did earlier when he yeah. said something, and yeah. I was just like, whoa. <laughs> 
Yeah, that's dope. Who's the sixty-year-old man yeah. <laughs> inside of this young kid's body? Like, Wait, it was just like crazy. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And so yeah. I think it was it was definitely a talent thing. But I think I also got to be honest with you. I think I also got drawn into the team at the time. Oh. And so it was it was a combination of Zeke. It was a combination of seeing some things that I could be helpful with in the team. Mm. And so I got drawn into the, the to the team. And, and because of the fact that there have just been things that whenever you work with a group of people and you grow to love them and you like them and then there's a separation, there's always some, there's always some sensitivity there. Absolutely, navigating and, Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, so that being said, we don't, as you can see through this interview, we don't speak on it too much in detail. I totally cool. But that being said, at the time, there was such a unit that we all had. And so I got drawn into that. So I would, just like I was saying before that, I was knocking on doors. So at yeah. that point, what I was doing got halted because I went, I went from doing those things and, and doing work to going to work and going with this team because I really believed in what we were trying to do and trying to build Zeke as an artist. Ah. And so I was all in with the team at the time. It wasn't that I was necessarily all in with Zeke per se. Gotcha. I was all in with, because I had a great relationship with his previous manager. So I was all in to try to help that situation because I believed in it. Ah. As a writer, I believed in it as a help wherever I could help. And so it just ended up taking my time. It wasn't necessarily that I made a, cha- a change and said, oh, forget all of you. It just consumed my time. That's so, kind of- okay, so that's really interesting, too. How do you... I'm also seeing a reoccurring theme here with mm-hmm. you, Pearly, which is, like, you see you're willing to just give with not necessarily some immediate return, yeah. even with that, which is a really important lesson. Because I think is. whether it's the studios with the writing or being part of that team, yeah. like you said, you see an opportunity of ways you could help yeah. rather than that perspective of what can I get, can I get? which is a completely... That's huge, and yeah. so you're you're saying, okay, I want I'm, I there's I can see that I can really help this team out. How do you? And I'm fascinated by this as well as a writer. Um, put your even or as a creator, mm-hmm. make it about someone else that mm-hmm. you're that you want to help Z. Mm-hmm. realize this this dream that you believe in mm-hmm. that you know that you guys can get to, instead of having it be why isn't this the Paralee show because right. you often find, in management I find oftentimes those can be people that didn't have the creative career that they wanted and mm-hmm. then they do management or you had some writers that yeah. actually want to be the rock star same yeah. people who shoot videos sometimes want to be front. how do you say you know what I want to be I know what having the self-awareness to know where your mm-hmm. strengths are and to not have to have it be the Paralee show. Right, right, right. There, you're right. So there's a lot of egos when it comes to even behind the scenes, people, quote unquote, like creators right. and exactly. managers, there's some of the actually huge <laughs> egos. Exactly. <laughs> um, I think it's just like I said before, I didn't necessarily feel like I had to have the, have the spotlight. I've had some moments over time where I've had spotlights. Like I told you, I had to sing in church. So I had to be spotlights there. Yeah. I sung a background for a, a few people as well. So I, I've gotten a little taste of being out front. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've gotten a little taste of being out front. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've gotten a little taste of being out front sometimes. But just that taste was enough for me. And so I just, to answer your question, I just think that maybe it's just something about me. Maybe I think it's probably one of my greatest at, um, qualities, That's but actually huge. probably kind of my biggest downfall because sometimes I've also been told from people who really sit back and look at me and care, I've also been told, are you protecting yourself? Are mm. you are you doing what's best for yourself? Right. And so I think that sometimes our greatest things can also be our biggest downfalls. Right. And so so that being said, I don't think I had to make it the Paralee show because to me, especially when it came to, to the aspect of being a writer, I feel like if, if this person has this beautiful talent yeah. and I get to tell 
part of my own stories with this beautiful talent. Right. Why would I want to be the Paralee show? You know yeah, what I mean? Because yeah. I can't, I can tell the story maybe or help tell the story maybe creatively, but I, my voice is not going to go on stage and dictate that story to pierce somebody's heart. Yeah. So if I have the opportunity to have somebody who can do that, if you think, I think sometimes Zeke made this post one time. He said, sometimes some of the greatest things can be solved if you just think. <laughs> and I think sometimes when people with That's egos, their, their ego is so big that they're not thinking. Yeah. I can go out and sing the same sentence and people are going to be like, uh. But if I write this sentence and then Zeke sings it, Everybody people sings. can be slayed. Exactly. <laughs> so why would I want it to be the parent? Yes. So you know what I mean? Yes. It's, it's, it, behooves, it behooves me. Yeah. No, that's huge. That concept is definitely, uh, there's an inversion to that as well. You yeah. know what I mean? And that being like, yeah, I, I write I write a lot of stuff, but at the same time, like, I'm oftentimes I'll play a record and I'm like, what do you think about this? And she'll be like, well, I could put this here, or what are you trying to say here? Yeah. And she'll move it around. So, yeah, I may be able to sing it, but I cannot, <laughs> a lot of times I can't maybe write it to where it's as piercing. You right. know what I mean? Ooh. So it's just like, so she'll come in and she'll be like, yeah, put this here, put this here, or just rewrite the whole thing. I'm like, that's what I meant to say. Exactly. Thank you. Yeah. Because sometimes as an artist, like you said, with, even with the period thing, you're so close to it. You spend yeah, so much yeah. time with yeah, it dude. that you yeah. need almost that bird's eye view or that you perspective do. to say, you Yo, do. Z, this is great, but actually let's switch this around. Put the, and you say, that actually makes sense. But you, you're locked into it so close. Yeah, you, yeah. It's For some reason, it's crazy, but you can't see it. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. It's like a, not, a, not to have a plug to my current employer. No, I currently, let's go there. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's do it. I, current, I work for Wells Fargo. And so one of the, one of the brand... Um, one of the brand things that we used to have at Wells Fargo was together we'll go far. Oh, and, and I've seen so, that. Yeah, and yeah. so it's interesting that I honestly think that's a true statement, though. So to your point, I don't have to have it be my show because I know we're going to go farther if we work together. Yeah. Well, then let me ask you this. For for the folks that maybe want to take that that route, that I, I do have some folks that research me that I know are sort of in the writer, but mm-hmm. maybe even more introverted, how do you, when you are... Um, choosing someone to work with a management and artist something like that mm-hmm. how do you go about what are certain qualities maybe that you look for or what are yeah what are so when you when you're working with an artist behind the scenes yeah what what i um, um, doesn't have to be as rigid as a checklist but what yeah. advice do you have for people that want to work with artists maybe in the capacity of a writer mm-hmm. um or a producer someone who is behind the scenes but still mm-hmm. maybe part of a team like mm-hmm. that i would say the first thing is you have to know up front that they value your mm. presence there and so one of the reasons why I think that Zeke and I worked really well from the beginning was because you could just tell from the beginning he was it was almost like there was a happiness that somebody else was there yeah with with him not that he needed because he's a great writer himself but the more that we got to know each other it was like you could just tell that my presence and his creativity was appreciated That's and so up. and so I think that when you're and even before him like the people I was working with you could just there was a, an excitement and I think that you have to create that first of all like you have to be likable and, yeah. and workable <laughs> no, well, <laughs> people you have to want to work with you half of it's just being a nice person man that's that is the key people yes. don't think <laughs> if you're nice people want to be around you the yes. old adage says you'll get more flies with honey than you do with vinegar be a nice person be a good you have honey. all the talent in the world if you're a dick man <laughs> yeah, let's exactly. not I don't do this yes <laughs> And you could be the most talented person ever, yeah. but if your attitude sucks, yeah. it's not going to matter. Absolutely. So that's that's the answer to your question. First of all, be a nice person. Dope. But if you know that you're coming with the quality product, yeah. If you know that you're coming with being a nice person, a good person, and that person can't appreciate, that's not the place for you to be. Mm. So that's the first thing I would say is to have kind of some sense of self value. Yeah. Wouldn't it be hard to have that if you're starting out? 
and so I just think that the, the, the qualities, as you were saying, to look for is number one, talent. Somebody, this producer a long time ago on Twitter, when I was just trying to write with whoever I could write with, yeah. and I had sent him music one time, and he told me, he wrote, he sent me something back, and he said, the first thing that you need to do is get better production. He was oh. just like, and this is what I was like, bro, at the time. Yeah. <laughs> and he was just like, get better production. He's like, when you get better production, you'll become a better writer. And it didn't really, I didn't quite understand what he meant, because at the time, I was just writing with anybody that sounded a mess. I just wanted to write with somebody exactly. just to get my just, feet just get me, get which I think is important. Up. Right. Which I think is important. important. But sure. once you start doing that, and you start to come in contact with people who know what they're doing, he was like, you need to get better production. You're never going to improve because you're working at this level. you got to yeah. rise up. And so I think that one of the one of the things that he told me, I realized he's right. You have to work with quality people <laughs> to get better. That you're helps. You're not going to yeah. get better. You, you sh- iron sharpens iron. Sure. So I sure. would say go, the first thing is go with people who, who appreciate who you are. And at least, if nothing else, appreciate your work ethic. Yes. Even if you're not the greatest, but you're willing to work, go with people who appreciate exactly. that. Exactly. And then number two, work with quality people that you can on your level that you are. Mm-hmm. Work with those people and call people first, and then you'll and you'll find yourself rising to higher. I'll work with someone whose work ethic is above a talented person any day. I've met so many talented people that, like you said, don't treat it like it's a job, or it's just like they never respond back, or they never. And it's like, dude, yeah, it's crazy. It's easy to get into that. I can't say I don't know what that is. It's easy to fall into or fall victim to that mentality. Yeah. Again, yeah, like you're talented. You know what I mean? And yeah. There are a bunch of motherfuckers that are talented. Exactly. So you're not the only one. But yeah, you're you're talented. So the fuck what? So, you know, so how is auto tune? Exactly. <laughs> you, and it doesn't even boil yeah, down like, to talent this much right, any days. Exactly. You know. My point exactly. Yeah. So it's just like yo, no one gives a fuck, yo. So let me reverse the question then on Yuzi. Yeah. When you're gonna bring on someone Sorry. like Paralee, right? And you have or your or your management something sure, like sure. that as an art. Maybe for the people that are aspiring artists that want that want to say, you know what? I can't do this on myself. Sure. I need to bring somebody on my team, yeah, yeah, either yeah. in a management role or as an artist, writer, someone to help me out. What do you look for in in a partnership or someone to include in your team? And it's, I think it's exactly inverted. And I think I've had a few people ask you the same thing. That's like, well, how do you find Paralee? Or I need to yeah. get a Paralee. I need, yo, I need to get a Paralee, for real. <laughs> yeah. I said, this know, is a question yeah, for me. Do, right? Yeah. And the, the funny thing is, but the reality of it is, I, I, I know without a shadow of a doubt, I'm definitely blessed in that area. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And there's a lot of things that she has not only patience for, um, but knowledge just from coming from like the corporate world and even just experience in life that I don't. I... And it's not because I'm an artist. I just sometimes I lack patience in a lot of areas, right? <laughs> yeah. And I have no, I have no, I can't, I can't hide that. You know what I mean? And it's not that I'm extremely impatient person. It's just like, yeah, I want to yeah. keep things moving. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And um, she, again, she's definitely that counterweight or that balance, but also the proactive counterweight or the proactive uh, balance in the situation. So, I need, well, yeah, I think everyone needs someone patient. So. To answer your question, I think it, it's it's just yeah, the opposite of, of what she said. It's just like finding someone definitely that, that believes in who you are. Mm. It's also, like you said, not trying to find someone to get someone that's, or so quickly to where it's like, they're like, all right, yeah, I'll work with you, but you got to pay me, blah, blah, blah. No, exactly. show me what you've done before you try to send me, you know, an invoice. An invoice, right. Like, don't, well, I don't, no, fuck you. Fuck that <laughs> invoice. I'm good. You know, I, and that was kind of where I started out. Like, it was me trying to learn how to produce or trying to work with producers you know trying to work with other people and it took me some time I, I went through people even prior to the, my prior management I went through other people that I worked with mm. that had the 
managerial title over my career at the, at the right. time. But it was just like, like you said, it was either this egotistical thing, like they really wanted to be in the spotlight, or it was just a thing to where they were like, all right, yeah, you can pay me to do this. And I was like, no. Or it was like, okay, yeah, I'll do this, but they never came through. Uh-huh. So I immediately became the person that was just like, okay, I'm going to do what I can on my own until I'm in a position to where there's someone that actually believes can do, in Yeah, thing. believes in what I'm doing and can do it even better. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's definitely finding someone that believes in you. And what you're doing and that like you have it's weird but you have to have like a chemistry you mm-hmm. know sometimes because if you don't you can force it and they can be the greatest writer and you can be the greatest singer or artist but if there's no chemistry it's not gonna work though. yeah it's not gonna work that's, that, that's a really good point there's some there's some even some artists that I mean their lyrics are beautiful or anything but yeah. sometimes it's like you can tell it can be beautiful written on the page but if it's sung it's just not feel you it's know felt well exactly yeah, compared yeah. you kind of have a marriage it's of both lifeless. yeah it's lifeless yeah so um, I guess moving this into the, the last part of the view I don't want to keep you for the whole day sure. is tell me a little bit about sort of so 22 was out dropped this fall mm-hmm. um We've toured worldwide, baby. You feel me? <laughs> so now, like, what is for you two? What is sort of what are you working on mm. and um, navigating this new project? I guess what did you learn from Twenty Two that oh, now man. this next time around it doesn't have to be everything, yeah, yeah, yeah. but now no having that having a real project, something tangible finished. What's what what do we what are we working on? Um, so the first thing is what's what's next. You mentioned the fact that we've gone and done things in different places outside of the states, which has been really exciting, and we've been blessed to be able to do that. I think the the next thing is honestly for us to focus on what's happening here in the states, because you know you know you might have a following here and there overseas, but we're home. And yeah. so one of the things that we realize is we're trying to do a lot of rebranding and, oh. and kind of making making his presence known in, the, in other places within these United States of America. Yeah. because that would be great. Right. People know. Yes, <laughs> that, that's nice too. Oh wait, so yeah. drop some drop some tactical some tactical stuff. I mean, how do how are you going about with the right. rebranding? Right. So some of the things that we're doing is just really looking at imaging and if the imaging that we've had is working and so we we find first of all a brand is huge you know and there's so many different aspects of it so yeah. the first thing that people people relate to is what they hear and what they see sure. so sure. We're, we're thinking about when people see Zig, what it, does it represent who he really yeah. is as an artist and so we've gone back and forth about some things some things in the past have worked some Th- things we're those tub shots are been, that's <laughs> yeah. fire maybe like yo yeah. <laughs> those tub shots keep that with the rebranding yeah and i think it's a fine line when you rebrand because you don't want to you don't want to um, get rid of the things that people like. Exactly. And so it's, it's one of those things where it's not like you're going to wake up tomorrow and see a totally different Zeke. It's almost like sure. easing into who he yeah, is absolutely. now because he's an ever, just like all of us are, ever-evolving person. Uh, you you got to recreate gotta re- yourself. Yeah. yourself. But at the same time, back to what I was saying in regards to the states, there's a lot of people who have not even experienced the fullness of what 22 is because we didn't put a huge promo behind it. At mm. the time, it was something that an artist and a writer wanted to get their stuff out into the world. Yeah. And so we used our budget to get that project mm. done. And so we never did a big push for it. So our push is more so trying to get shows and audiences and live um, experiences with that music. And oh. so we've done that internationally. So we're, we're focusing on trying to do that more. So if whoever has been paying attention to Zeke, they'll notice that he's been doing things a lot more out of state than he used to do. Yeah. It used to be international in Philly, international in Philly. Gotcha. And now it's going to be things like we're well, we'll talk about what he has coming yeah, up yeah, on South by Southwest okay. and all these other things. But that, okay, yeah, because I'm going to plug that. Yeah, with Alabama, you and he's going to probably be at maybe Nashville. So there's just a lot of different things that we have coming up in the pipeline that we're trying to get him more exposed. Sure. And so, are, how are you booking those shows? <laughs> Interestingly <laughs> enough, yeah. <laughs> um, Everything is about networking, man. A hundred. Yeah, and it goes back to what you're talking about, about being a a nice person. When you're likable and you go out and meet people, 
it's one thing. So I can handle things behind the scenes and be a likable person and talk about him. But trying to get those same networks to come and hear him is one thing. But yeah. once you do that, he's not a hard sell. <laughs> once right, you come right. in here, yeah, like, yeah. he's not a hard sell. But it's just about making connections with people in different groups that you know are putting on shows and doing different things in different areas. Interestingly enough, there's a I had a con- I had a conversation recently with a person who saw Zeke when he first came to Philly before I was his manager, and he and I connected because he's he's in Atlanta, and oh. I'm only saying right now, but he's in Atlanta, and every time we've been to Atlanta. I just text him and say, hey, we're here. Are you busy? Can you come to a show? And both times he's been busy. Like, he really has been. But goes back to how I've been before. I don't, I'm a very um, tenacious person. Persistence. I'm seeing a theme here, apparently. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I. So they're not going to steal you the doors. Yeah, you say, no, yeah. I'm coming back. So I stay with it. And so he actually ended up calling me back a, a week or so ago. And he was like, you know, I have a few shows coming up. There's one in Nashville and there's one that he's doing in Atlanta. And he was like, I would love to have Zeke on it. And he said, interestingly enough, I haven't worked with Zeke since he first came here. And so he gave me a whole backstory about, you know, how it kind of separated and what, and what the reasons were why he hadn't uh-huh. reached out in a long time. We had a conversation. And by the end of the conversation, he was just like, he, I was like, send me dates. And so just, it was just to give you an example. It's just really about creating that personal relationship and not being annoying, yeah. but not giving up. That's a, it's a beautiful balance, especially yeah. in an era of SoundCloud links. Oh, it's how are, you, how are you persistent without it being spammy, yeah. you know, and, and following it's a, through. It's a, it's a, it's a, it could be, like you said, it could be pro or con, you know what I mean? You want to stay personable you want to stay relatable you want to stay somewhat tangible yeah. and reachable um, so yeah just as she said yeah we're definitely working on rebranding we're definitely working on like getting out there more I guess domestically mm-hmm. for to use a, yeah. a term um, but yeah just trying to uh, really we're working on the, the new music um, we haven't officially hit the studio just yet <laughs> Pre-production okay. for sure. Writing, um, working oh yeah, on ideas, the whole line. Okay. That part of it, the, of course, that's the one. That's the part I love. We both love. I yeah, should say. the you're creating. Um, that's yeah, what you're creating. But like having the moment and the time to really like, what does this feel like? You know, and I'm, I've learned a lot from like listening to Prince and listening to people who I love. You can't tell. Yeah. <laughs> um, and one thing I, I recall him saying, like in an interview, like how every single part of an instrumentation has to cater to the sound, right? So mm. if we're writing a song, we have a song called Dirty Bathwater, right? Or if we're writing a song about dirt or something, like different things have to cater to it. So the drum has to cater to that sound. The drum uh, shouldn't be clean and pristine. How, well, how does it make it sound crunchy, like dirt? Yeah. yeah. So that's the, the, the progress that we're on now, our progression we're on now is just like pushing those ideas even further. And like she said, in the rebranding process and in our approach to the, the new music that's coming out and that we're working on, and even in the shows, like she said, what does that look like? Mm. What does that feel like? What does it sound like? Would we even be here? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, would we do this show? And sometimes, yeah, you have to be like, probably no. Let's not do that well, show. What, what dictates a show you pass on? What are qualities of show? We, we usually meet and talk about all of those things. And, and sometimes, even, even at this stage, and I feel like I don't know that we'll ever whatever even at the stage <laughs> even at the stage you, you have to have moments where you're like I don't think that's the direction you should go in you know I don't because think that's the a, look or maybe the look the, or the the, maybe the event or the type of music yeah, or like maybe yeah, it's yeah. not to say like oh I'm better than that now or you know I've gotten beyond that it's more or less like because there are shows we still do free shows now every show ain't gonna be no damn free show uh, right 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 it depends on the situation right Yes, uh, yeah. See, I she, that you see too. how she puts it. Absolutely, that's why she's <laughs> that's the man. Yeah, we ain't doing no free shit. We do plenty of uh, charitable right, shows. Right, exactly. yeah, well, yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the end of the thing, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's just, just like 
it's good to have somebody to balance these things off to bounce ideas off. I was like, what do you think about that? I'll ask her in a minute, like, what do you think about that? Now sometimes I'll be like, they'll be fine. I like this. Let's just roll it. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because there were two questions you, you asked. I don't oh, know if we yeah. fully answered. The one of them was, um, how do how do we determine? Like for example, if we said no to a show, you're right. And I think that you never want to put yourself in a bad position. And right. so, like it's like Zeke said, we don't necessarily think we're above things, but there are some things in some situations where if somebody sends me a request of something and I kind of check out the person or I might check out the venue and I just kind of know it maybe doesn't suit who he is as an artist. The crowd that may be there may or may not really appreciate the type of music that he's doing. Yeah. Some people see his image and they may see some of the branding and just assume oh he has a great voice I want to bring him here right but I have to really be cognizant of where it is that I'm placing him and does that and does that really fit yeah and then you have to also have have a tactful way of saying no because the person that you're saying no to may be a person that you want to say yeah that you want to work with later on so you just have to have a good way of keeping that relationship going exactly Uh, and that's mm -hmm. with the with your with the guy you mentioned from Atlanta is really interesting Mm -hmm. where knowing that it's business knowing it's not blowing you off the two times but having that that persistence of saying and also having a partner can be nice too so yeah. that you can say talk to my management yeah. you know Good cut back on. yeah it, you know yeah. talk to my management and that yeah. way they know it's not personal right. because like you said it's all relationships yeah. so also with that um and as far as like you said booking shows or how do you balance i guess something like touring around playing shows and and balancing creating content videos mm. new music because that that, that can be a yin and yang push yeah. and pull as I well think, that think that's definitely something that we probably need to do a better job of and it kind of almost ties into your other question that's i was getting ready to say we didn't completely oh, answer is when right, you sure. asked what have we learned from the, pro- the yes, previous yes. album that we may do differently coming up next time and i think one of the things that we probably can do that we did before that was great was our pre-production process where we haven't really even been working on that as much because we had other things going on but I think we need to get back to it. Pre-production before, like we just went in and we we spent a lot of time together so we, we spent a lot of time making music just, just float and I yeah. think that maybe to get back into that space would be creatively helpful for us. So I think that's something we could do again. Something that I think we could do to, to, do, to do better is once our pre-production process was over, we brought in other producers and I think that going into that situation and not having done that before to have our baby be taken to somebody else yeah. and then them putting in their iPad, it's it was not easy for us and I hope it's interesting because they're not here <laughs> so I would hope that they would say that working with us was a pleasurable right, right, right. but to be completely honest I know that they would probably say just like we would say it wasn't always easy because you have your mindset on something exactly and it's coming in it and it, it's, it's very grueling yeah. and so I think that going into that again I think our mindset would be different and more open now to say mm. okay it, something may have sounded this way that we loved let's have an open mind about something else that, that they may bring to the table but not be afraid to say no no. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I liked it this way. I, I liked it this way. way. And, and our original gut feeling may have been right. Or it may have been that whatever you tweaked made it better. Yeah. And so I just think coming in with more of that open mind of, of being able to say, oh, this is better. Yeah. But then also being strong enough to say, no, we like it this That's way. That's really difficult. Yeah. It's, it's not to, easy. Yeah. It's, to sometimes yeah. be able to know. So, yeah. 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 I would say another thing I've also learned to piggyback on what she said is just like at this point in the process now coming in and doing it like a second round or for round two it's just to be more on purpose uh, you know what I mean I think a lot of the decisions that we made even then we didn't make them with the mindset of it I, I think at the time some of them that we did some we didn't but prior to taking it to the other team for uh, more production we didn't make those decisions like definitively mm. we knew what sounded good we knew what felt good but we didn't know like maybe I have a whole nother project that's shelf but in the background, for instance, you hear 
my, because I, I did it in my apartment, <laughs> but you hear my smoke detector beeping. You know, had I thought about that more, I would have just put another nine volt in the bed in the thing <laughs> yeah. because I would have wanted to operate more on purpose. Yeah, you know, more strategically. Like, but again, I was a novice; I didn't know those things. So I think we've grown, we've learned a lot about production, even just being around other people and what works, what feels good, and and not to just again say that what we do is the end all be all because yeah you're right maybe having someone else come listen to it outside of something that we've listened to a million times may help be like oh yeah well maybe the drum should come in a little earlier maybe yeah. you know like she said being a little more like maybe let's see let's see what yeah. it sounds like and she's kind of gotten on me about that too it's just like again being an artist and a creative you want your thing to stay exactly and if you love this guitar riff you want that to turn stay. that shit up right man. yeah it's just like well yeah maybe bring it down a little bit <laughs> or maybe try playing this note because this note caters to the feels like no i don't, I don't think it does <laughs> yeah. She's like, you know, yeah you know be a little more open-minded so yeah as a, as a creative it could be a little uncomfortable but that's part of the process i think that's part of it and that's the beauty of it i feel like when it comes to me apparently working more specifically um from that prior experience and even now i learned i've learned that she comes from a different perspective be, just being a woman if nothing else that yeah. i can never come from right and vice versa but she knows how to also like I love that about our records because it gives a balance and it tells a story, not just my side of the yes. story. So it's funny, my brother, and we're actually working on something where we'll just, should I say it? No? It kind of goes into context. Just yeah, yeah. About how do we, what, I'm going to let you tell the story, but oh. he asked us about how it relates to putting out more content and all these right. things. And I was saying that was going to say that's something we could do better right. because last uh. time we put some things around the album, but I think we can now look back and we'll go into the new process and say, what type of content is going to push this project for more? Sure. What type of content sure. is going to make our brand pop right. more to match the music? And so I think that's for a sure. lesson learned. And I think it goes into what you were... Yeah, I was just going to say, like, yeah. we actually have a, a thing that we're working on now, a project now, to where we're literally going to dissect 22 and put it up uh, on, like, YouTube or something. So I they can stay tuned awesome. for that. Yeah. Just to talk process. about the process. You know what I mean? People are so into that. Yeah. That's what makes it beautiful. I mean, you have the bigger people that do it and the major labels that they'll do a little bit of here and every once in a while they'll talk about the album. But we want to, like, get as far as detailed as we can and maybe even go into some of the stories, like, where did that verse come from? How does it coincide? Exactly. And the funny thing is my little brother uh, and little sister texted me a few days ago because we have, like, a family app or a family thread. Chat? that we, Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. Dope. And um, they're like, well, what does Bottom of the Sea talk about? Like, and what is blue? Is that a true story? Yes, it is a true story. Well, what about this verse here? I was like, well, you know, that part was written by Pearly, but what she meant from it was this, and it coincides with the story this way. And it's beautiful, dude. It's like, in my opinion, it's like two Picassos coming together to create this beautiful monument or something like that or a painting and since there's I two of you too showing that process you know as a fan of like Frank Ocean oh, yeah. he, he, like oh, yeah. just him like sitting down eating like mm. I'd be interested in or just like just like if it was yeah, just yeah. like a 48 hour video of just like him just like writing one song like yeah. recording playing on his phone I'd watch it because I'm the process the is process, so yeah. beautiful and you yeah. want to know the behind the scenes it, the, the final product is great but I think for your fans or people that, that want to get to know you it shows this other element that does make great content sure. because it allows you to connect with people to realize you're human or mm. you be like ah and you scrapping it or you and Paralee going back and forth on this verse <laughs> you know that's yeah. like yeah. it's really it, it, I think it's a beautiful thing and a great way to engage and that actually kind of leads to um, one of something that I'm curious about and as we're winding this down is how do you with, with the fan base that you have sure. how do you all um, engage 
with with people and with your fans how much do you do things like i know your social media mm. you know using things like that as tools to really stay connected with people and um how much time do you spend responding to comments compared to creating compared to making content for yeah. these different platforms using these platforms where where's yeah. your mind at, I at think, with these things? i think a big part of that is kind of like knowing and or understanding your audience right um I've known and understand a little bit about my audience every day. I'm learning more and more. Like, what demographic is mm. it? Like, are they the audience that's going to be on the phone to check your stories? Every once in a while? Or do they not give two shits about your stories? Right, you know I mean? right. Do they only want to know when you have shows? Do they only not even know the stories is a thing on Facebook? Are they only going to see things if you post it as an official post? Yeah. So it's just like kind of like knowing your audience. And also, like, when it comes to the balance of that, we're, we're getting into position now to where it's, we're trying to give more in stories like on Instagram but maybe we wouldn't do the exact same thing on Facebook because it's again it's a different audience right that's on Facebook so it's just definitely knowing your audience we're trying to become more socially present uh, so like I said we'll do more things now on stories now and this is you can keep this on because this is like a challenge to myself like yo post more shit yes <laughs> all right y'all yeah, here to hear first you need more to get so on stories, Z about right. this more stories <laughs> but just to kind of like do some things behind the scene and be more present I used to be afraid of that part of it because i personally was not a fan of social media i don't like to Same. share all of my shit yeah um but people like to see it especially in today's world it's it can be interesting it can be intriguing and then again it could be inspiring i mean hence your podcast it helps people you, you know what i mean realize you never that. Know. Yeah. yeah so i think to answer your question it's just trying to find that balance can be a little tricky but i think it definitely can start out by knowing who your audience is especially when it comes to social media who that's a gem are you people, like talking yeah. to and how do they receive the information are you speaking foreign to them basically or are you speaking directly to them yeah so yeah that's think, that's dope and i think that you also mentioned um how we can go about doing that so definitely one way a big way that we're going to do is like zeke talked about is just continuing with social media and, and and understanding the different platforms and how they work best to to connect his brand to his audience and like you said understanding who they are understanding what they want and yeah. one of the things that we talk about all the time is that um putting that audience member first and so outside of just social media even when it comes to the live show kind of yeah. kind of doing things more that cater to them. I think a lot of the times goes back to what we were talking about before with ego. I think a lot of artists, even if they're great artists, like they'll feel like, okay, I'm this wonderful artist. I'm going to come and give this type of show. And one of the things I try to talk to Zika about all the time mm -hmm. is put yourself in their position. If you're sitting in the audience, what do you want to see? Right. Because even if you're a great artist, how are you connecting with them? Yeah. Something as small as a transition with your band. How do you break the the music at the end of the song? How how one of the, one of the things we talk about all the time is studying the greats. One of the things, just give Michael Jackson for example. One of the things that Michael was so great at was when he was on stage, he tried to make sure that the same experience that somebody had listening to his album was the same experience that they had on when they heard him on stage. Sure. And so I always tell Zeke, if you ever used to hear a song come on the radio, like back in the day they did it more than they do now. They they played a lot of intros and outros. It was yeah, like longer. Yeah. But you could hear a beat and know from the first beat what this song was, and it would hit you right here a in the chest, hundred. like, oh my gosh, that's my song. Yes. <laughs> and so one of the things we talk about something as small as when you're alive, how are you creating that moment before the song starts to be like, oh my gosh, is he really getting ready to sing the song? Right. Is he really getting ready to sing right. yeah, that suspense? Like, yeah. And so just small things that, taking the time to think about what that audience member really, really wants and what, what it is that will touch them live and trying to create and, and translate that the same way into social media. So what I'm posting, how is that touching you? Am I yeah. just posting the post? I think that that's a waste of time. Don't yeah. just post the post. Yeah. Like, what are you giving them right. <laughs> that really touches them? And I, and I think sometimes the the thing that's not, like he was talking about, not always easy to balance is the fact that 
we're both private people. And, and so exactly. it's like, it's how, do you, how do you balance not giving so much of your personal life? Because some people mm -hmm. are okay with that. And, and that's okay. <laughs> and some people are not. And so the type of person that Zeke is, he's like me. I'm a very private person. My relationships, everything. It's my, my business and I'm private. But how do you translate being an artist and giving them at least some of yourself enough that they feel connected and that you're right. authentic right. enough to make First them intrigued right. without giving them so much yourself that you can't ever take it back? Exactly. Right. So you lose yourself oh in it yeah. a little bit. You know, and, and I think that's a good point. So two things. Um, one, I love what you said about the live shows because I've seen some big artists and you it's like, it just it falls flat, you know? And so I think that's a really big part of it. Some artists have won me over live. Drake was one I saw way back in the day. Yeah. I was like, ah, oh, it's Drake. I saw him live. I was like, yo, let me have your babies. Like, yes, yes, like yes. when they were like, he, he yes. killed because, just because yeah, it was yeah, so, yeah, yeah. he was there. It, and yeah. the live show can totally make a break. Like you yes. said, the product, if you're the real deal, it sells itself. Yes. And also with the social media stuff, just, you know, researching yours. And I mentioned the other day, I loved how you could, you could post a picture of some show that you're playing or you can play on the piano and sing to people yeah, that you know yeah. that you're coming to play. I was like, oh, dude, that's brilliant! And like, because <laughs> a little bit of a performance piece, but also does some promo for you. Sure. And and people, I've found myself included. If I'm watching an artist, it doesn't have to be anything fancy. Yep. Yeah. You know that people sometimes think yeah. you overthink it, and it's like yeah. it can just be me playing the keys, singing you a little something. Yeah. And if I'm on Instagram at work, whatever, it's a little reprieve. It's entertaining yeah. and it's informative, and yeah. that's enough yeah. for me. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Thorough piano that's player. What was so and that funny. was you know, a part of it that's too. That's what made like, it so great. Is that he, <laughs> that's why we put in the caption. You know, I'm not a real piano player, but that's what made it so great. Yes, because like, exactly. No, who is a thorough piano player? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not, but I'm still gonna jump into it. You know, do this shit. Yes, yeah. I, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. That's that's been my whole thing. Is it's not that deep. Like yeah. you know, yes. don't yes. overthink it. You jump on it. People are so obsessed with what they've got going on. The that, beauty of being human. Of being human. And then that's the thing I really want to push as well. Like the human aspect of things yeah like, everything does not have to be fucking perfect uh, right what is perfect because you know I mean? you're human so it's to not me, perfect I, yeah i think i think perfection is absolutely hideous <laughs> yeah i think that's hideous like you were saying about like, the first takes even yes that i couldn't no. agree with more perfection Dude. sometimes yeah. it's it's the grittiness in those takes that those first takes yes. that makes it beautiful yes. you know so yes. listen i could talk to you guys all day <laughs> i also <laughs> i want to respectful of your time I know about the South by Southwest show. Let's let's give the people something to chew on as mm. far as what's coming up next. If they want to buy tickets or come see you for certain things, sure. um, feel free to you know the floor is yours. Feel free to plug away. What 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 can we expect from you coming up? I'm gonna hand this to her. She's <laughs> way better. At this <laughs> so what you can expect coming up first and foremost is like they were talking about first and foremost more content. Yeah. So if you're engaging on social media, we definitely want to make sure that we're yeah. yeah. Oh, so first of all, yes, his handles you can say. Yeah, Zeke Burst. That's Z E E K B as in boy. You are. So awesome. and, and I'll plug I'll plug this all in the show notes awesome. too so it's direct links yes. it's not we scrapped the underscores which yes, I'm, glad, I'm glad we did <laughs> yeah, it's a but if you're engaging on social media on his website we're going to have more content about how you can find him how you can just connect with him because we want to get to know our audience more yeah. outside of that coming to live shows like you mentioned we're really excited that via um, the beautiful people at Rec Philly and, Amp and Amplified Philly we've had I the opportunity that. to be on their stage during South by Southwest yes. so he'll be in Texas next weekend awesome um, March the 12th yes. and so he's really excited about that spot uh, courtesy of that group and so we're really excited about that Dope. 
um, then we'll he'll be back in Warm Daddies in April, two nights. He has a residency there. Oh, sweet. Um, so that's, we always, we appreciate Warm Daddies because as much yeah. as he's grown and done different things and he's been in different states and overseas, coming back to Warm Daddies, it really gives a, an appreciation of that closeness of an audience, yeah. that intimacy. And it's like, they give him these residencies and we appreciate it because it's just really a chance to get to know that audience for two nights and different people who come in and it's always just been a really, really great concept. way to have some of the, the best concepts and, yeah. and breeding yeah. grounds of building people. Yeah, and those intimate <laughs> venues, yeah. you know? Yeah. We've built a lot of relationships from those shows. Like, you wouldn't even imagine. I was just dude, like, what? You're here? I, yeah. yeah dude. I believe yeah. it. I think um, who was Dave Chappelle, you know, mm. instead of, I loved his recently, instead of doing some big thing, he did Radio City Music Hall, smaller venue, dude, multiple dope. nights, because man. you guys got to write it. It's that intimacy. intimacy people want to be there. Yeah. We come up after the show, Z, oh man, apparently, yeah. what? Yeah. I, I, you know, like, it's beautiful. And so, as far as um, you, Parallel as well, do you promote your your social media stuff, or is it mostly just... Yeah, so, um, it's interesting. I'm getting back to it. I used to be on social media all the time, and I, I was kind of starting to grow back into my social media presence, and trying to just find a balance between what I do with Zeke and, and my own personal brand. I'm, I'm trying to get better with putting more things on my stories and on my page, just to kind of not just promote what I'm doing with Zeke, but I also have a corporate career outside of him, and things I'm doing in the community. I'm on a non-profit board, and so all these other things that people may not know about me, I'm trying to, to do a better job of, of Little by little, growing my own brand at the same cool. time. Cool, that's what's up. Yeah. And so, as far as before I get you out of here, um, you know, music and things like that. Is it? Are we? We're, so that we're still on, we're brainstorming the new project where we're, yeah. we're in pre-production. We but are. but it, there is a new project. It's oh, on the absolutely. way. It's coming. Oh. Okay. It's gonna be, like so, we we are we we're rock and soul, and I think we're definitely gonna push uh, the envelope mm-hmm. more in the rock vein this time. Uh, and so. I'm ecstatic Yo. about it dude I cannot wait I cannot wait um, the ideas are like overwhelming it's weird because you're going through like you go through cycles you go through like she said we did this whole business thing and we pushed and we, you know we did the traveling you promoted the album a little bit and again traveled a lot and you come back and you're like we've lived we have more shit to talk about yes you, know I mean? you gotta and, have those experiences yeah, and, and it's just trying to find, again trying to find the new sound but nothing too far left to where it's people like yo that has nothing to do with the last yeah project. like so we're excited about it yeah for sure also interesting because we're in pre-production for the new album but 22 is still young it's still like yes, it's like a baby and exactly. so i don't i always tell him i'm like i'm excited to get into new stuff and i don't know he probably even realizes like it used to be that if he brought music to me i would be like so excited and want to jump <laughs> on it and be like i can't yeah. wait to write to it and it's not that i'm not excited about it anymore i mean i think it's a lot of things that we have going on that attribute to that but i think outside of that it's also to me i feel like our first baby still to me hasn't had the exposure I don't feel like that it's deserved yeah. yet and the more that we're starting to do different stages and festival stages I right. feel like I'll maybe feel more confident like okay it's had its chance to breathe 100. so I'm probably a little bit more in limbo so it's not that I'm not excited about production things it's not that I'm not focused on that but I do want people to have the opportunity to still hear what we've done yeah you know, there's still, still our band is actually there. still learning some more yeah, of the songs <laughs> like it's still interesting we're that still, still playing yeah. it's up to me I would probably release a song every other week yeah if not every other day yeah like because I'm always like writing stuff out you know what I mean and uh, yeah it, it is it, I think at the end of the day you do have to let the listener grow with you and, and you know evolve with you for sure coming up to us and be like oh my gosh I love this song like they never heard it and so it's interesting because it's like we're in a space where we've already moved here and some people are still catching up with us back here exactly. so we have to kind of give that album the chance that it has because once again in the grand scheme of things as much as we may feel like we've accomplished a lot people don't know who we are yet. I, you know, <laughs> no matter and like and you so said always checking your own ego you know you go to South by and there's people the first 
first time, you know, Zeke yeah, versus yeah. you kill that performance, they go, oh, wait, let me check let me this dude out after, exactly. you know, and that's when, twi- you know, yeah. you still give it kind so of that time to, to breathe. Time. Yeah, so I just want to make sure that we, as much as we want people to be excited about what's coming, we have to make sure that we also understand that people are still just finding out who mm-hmm. we are. Yeah. To even let that have a chance to grow and breathe and, and, and be what it is. All right. Guys. Thank you so much thank for giving you. me this yeah, time. I appreciate you. No, thank I appreciate so both of y'all. And thank <laughs> you guys for tuning so in. If you want to get at him, it'll all be in the show notes, the links for the shows, the social media. Hit this man up, message him, tell him to stay on it. You know, <laughs> don't let him go say, we, we, Z, you need the content. So thank you guys for tuning <laughs> thank in. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you so much again for tuning in, everybody. I appreciate you. If you like the episode, please subscribe and rate. Leave a rating, leave a comment. Tell me what you think trying to make this thing better. All right, see you next week. Peace.